Okay, here we are, everyone. And we just had a heated, heated debate, me and AJ. Imagine that at the end of the pod. Don't miss it. Do you like your quarterbacks to be like robots or humans is really the debate. And uh, AJ, what side did you come down on? I'm team robots. <laughs> <laughs> and he's proud of it. That's right. I'm going to keep this one simple. I thought we had a jam-packed show of good info. A lot of agreements, some disagreements, good stuff. We, I, I'm going to keep this simple with the promotion, okay? Because I got some heat from the sales crew. They said, we give you guys, we build you studios, we do this, we do And I'm like, well, I kind of build a studio. But still, <laughs> still, there was that kind of attitude. And they're like, you got some people that will sign up for things, but they're not using their free 25. And I said, well, if they don't want to use the free 25, who cares? Well, apparently, when you use that initial free 25, it unlocks you to get all the other promotions. Mm. Because if you don't do the initial one, they don't have a verification of the email. Like the basic things of marketing, right? So this is what I'm saying. I said, hold on. I'm going to speak directly to the audience. If you've signed up for pregame, which means you've registered for the site, which means it's free. It didn't cost you anything. There's a $25 promo code that doesn't expire. That's sitting there. Even if you did it six months ago, nine months ago, please do me a favor. Go spend that. Now, what I'm saying is go spend your free 25, okay? And then you will be unlocked for future promotions that happen pretty much perpetually. But I'm going to make you one more additional promise. For everyone that does that between now and next week, so do it as soon as possible, I will have a special member-only offer for the pod next week that will be sweet, so not only are you going to help us in the eyes of the, you know, powers that be, and you know, again, I I'm not the only voice here. They can say well, less this, less that. Get rid of AJ. Right? I mean, that's been kicked around. I fought way. that as much as I can. <laughs> this is almost like a save eight. No, is but it really does help you if you don't care about picks and you've never registered. I and mean, here's the other thing: you register, it unlocks other things at the site. So it's a lot of free content, what I'm saying. So you got you can post in the forums. There's all these advantages. But even if you just like picks, why not have the promos that you're going to get in the future for no effort? And here's the thing, too. If you never registered, you can do it now. Right? So register. It's free. Unlo- spend your promo. And then you're in promo heaven from then on. It's that simple. Scott, you see any reason not to do that? It's free. You it's know what free. they say. If it's free, it's for me. And it's it, there's no downside. It's all upside. Steve, what about you? I spend nineteen dollars for things that I get billed for the rest of my life and I never use. This seems like a much better deal. There's no billing involved. <laughs> exactly. And AJ, we know what you think. You of want to course. keep your job. Yeah, I'd like to stay. So save Ferris, everyone. Do it for me. And and here's the beauty of it. I don't ask you for anything. I don't. I don't say, oh, do this as a I say if you like what we do and you want picks, buy them. If you don't, don't. If you want to do us a favor, spread the word. Well, this is an example where if you registered already, it means that you care a little bit. Spend the, spend the free 25 and unlock yourself and be, get on promo heaven. All right, on to the show. We got a full wise guy roundtable to my right, A.J. Hoffman, who is rolling, rolling, rolling. What's the record this year, A.J.? Overall record is 51 and 25, 5, 4, 3 stars, 34 and 13. 
34 and 13. That looks like one of Scott Seidenberg's crazy trends where it's like left-handed quarterbacks east of the Mississippi with red hair after midnight. But before 6 a.m. Well, yeah, 34 and 13. And, Fez, you should have seen. I saw him Monday. He, he did this without you seeing. He came up and goes, hey, just to let you know, we won that bet. I won that bet for you. That went two and one. We don't have <laughs> All to right. Win. We don't have to win another game yet. We got to win it. Over under 52.8%. Uh, I mean, I he's got, he could literally pick no picks the next two weeks and still beat it. I tell you what, I'm going to give him an opportunity to double down on this. I'm well, set your double own. down zero? He didn't bet. Uh, it was know. Scott and I that bet. I'm going to set the over <laughs> under for next year for A.J. Hoffman. I'm going to even go lower than 50. What, but here's the question what's the over under the next two weeks? I'm not going to do because it's, it's the, the problem is that if I make it, is it eight picks or ten picks? Six picks. Six picks. Oh, oh so, 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 six picks. Well, obviously, oh. I got to make it three and adjust the vig. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. So oh, over minus one forty, under plus one twenty. Okay, I, I want to go. Like that. I don't like, I don't I don't like three. Straddle. Three. I want to go under. You don't like the straddle? It's standard pricing, and I'm not even. I, I my my. All right, I'm, less, be, I'm betting under. You're betting under three yeah. plus. You're taking the dollar twenty. But this yeah. is the this okay. is the problem, RJ. If you look here, you're AJ's going performance. For the big... AJ's performance has just been green the whole season. Yeah, and it's actually getting better. Over the last couple of weeks. No, I agree. It's just there's, the mind. Let's think about what he's saying here is that at minus 130 being the no big price, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So that means the break even needs to be 52. And a half, so 50, there's a 58% chance, you're saying 57.5% chance that he, that he goes three's a push. Yeah. Right. So what we're saying here is, um, he has a 42% chance of going under and a 58% chance to go over. There's no chance that he's that strong to go over. Well, but there's going to be, yeah, but there's going to be a whole lot of pushes. In yeah, there. I know, but those yeah. are, but those go those in those never, out. never land because you're not putting up the money. Yeah. Too, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You got a bad number there, buddy. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I snapped it up. What are you doing, Scott? <laughs> Oh, can't, I'm, can't, I'm, 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 I'm going to take the over just because I'm, I'm a square. No, no. So he's get, so he, so he's somehow just going to big this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One, one second. It can't it can't it can't be so bad because it, at most it's off twenty cents because only a madman at this point would bet under three at even money, right? Okay. I mean, because of how he's done. He, yeah. So so that's kind of like the that, that that's the ceiling. But that was pretty much the premise of your line a couple weeks right, ago. Right, right. So that's that's so that's the floor of how low I can go is is under three at even you, money. You know he had supporters, so you were trying. Yeah, you were trying. Laying, you know what you were doing. You were trying to. You know what they call that? It's like during a hurricane where they charge eight dollars for a roll of toilet paper. Price gouging. You were trying to gouge us. Well, but I'm not gouging anyone because I've set a market he, that he's going. He's, he's just going said, over and you're going. Me, baby, gouge he me. wants to lay one forty. And you want to take 120? It sounds see, like I just, I just want to see AJ win. I just need so, to so 130. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I just Fezzik. I just need to apply for my gaming <laughs> license, and I'm gonna earn. That's Steve Fezzik, who has a mansion and a yacht, and now you know why. Plus two super contest victories, and Scott Seidenberg, who himself not doing so bad here. Let's see your five stars. The five stars good. Nine and six. What do we see here? Nine and seven. Nine and seven. Well, drop off. That's pretty good. Listen. Fifty-five percent is the goal. I'm, I'm, my four stars look good. Nine and six. By the way, you know, actually, look at this. My one star. I'm actually up on the year. It's just my fives are a little down. I'm thirty-eight and thirty-four. That's a winning thing. Yes. But somehow not winning in the super contest. And there was a twenty-minute rant. If you want to hear me in pain, 
Uh, I don't know what sick person wants that. But if you do, go back to the Monday recap. You hear a lot of complaining. I sound like AJ. Here's my question. RJ, you have to play Atlanta plus seven. You have to play Washington (laughs) plus seven. And you have to play Denver minus two and a half. I took the credit all the years we won. I definitely packed the life jackets. I'm taking the blame. What were you going to say, AJ? I was going to ask you. I I listened to the pod last week. Yeah. And besides the bullying of me for being sick. Oh, my God. Did you hear your voice? Allegedly. you sounded like you just had gotten back from a platelet platelet thing in East Germany. You wanted something. a fake cough from me. I wasn't coughing. I didn't have a cough. You didn't cough. You said you were puking on the side of the road. I was puking. That's not coughing. Usually someone puking doesn't sound like he's ready to deadlift 600 pounds. <laughs> what The thing you said, though, for, you said for the first time ever, uh-huh. I have to take AJ's picks into consideration. Yeah, I did, and I just ignored and then it you, you, My five weight, you were like, Nope. What was your five weight? Green Bay. Because to be honest with you, I forgot I said that. I didn't look. So it was Green Bay? Yeah, Green Bay over Miami. They got That was a lucky. Two, I had a concussion or you would have never won that. All right. <laughs> right or wrong. That's the story now. He's, he had a concussion in the game. Yep. And did he, he slip happened, on a banana peel or did Green Bay give him a concussion? And he hap- and he happened, <laughs> That's right. And he, and he happened to throw three interceptions in yep. the fourth quarter by happenstance. I feel like AJ should be investigated for like a bounty gate scandal. <laughs> now, what was your four star? That loss, right? The Bears. And the Bears lost. What? Cincinnati. Oh, my Against God. Against New England. Yeah, we should have expected that fumble on the five. Yeah, it was twenty-two nothing at halftime. Well, unfortunately, the game wasn't over. Like the whole sixty minutes counts, Faz. Well, and Cincinnati covered for sixty minutes. Yeah, I know, and it took a fumble on the five. This is just the the, the idea he's ridiculing me is how bad this season has been. <laughs> I'm not ridiculing you. Just said you were going to take it into account. Well, I can say this: Stevenson for New England, he's like Schlepp Rock on the Flintstones. You know that guy with the black cloud over him. He's like he laterals it to Jacoby Meyer Jesus. next to Blink, and it's a touchdown for the Vegas. And uh, now he uh, he leaves the ball on the ground. But listen, game on the line. This is beautiful for the haters out there because one, you can feel hear some more pain from me, I'm sure, during this pod, and it's the AJ gloating. But listen, if you're 51 and 25 on all your picks and you're 34 and 13 on your best top three, you deserve to gloat. So congratulations, and let's hope you keep it up because I'm betting Scott, he's laying 130, you're going to keep it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we start for those new. We had many years of winning. And then uh, for those for those new, we do our best bets first and then our four weights, three weights, and two weights. And then we'll decide on a one usually based on other people's handicap. We are winning, RJ. If you look at our numbers, they're quite good on the podcast. I know. Really good. I know. So we are winning. This is our podcast. We are winning. We are right. doing I mean, well. In theory, if you add it up, I'm up four. Well, not counting Vig, I'm up four units. Fez, you're up 12 units. Uh, AJ's up again. We're looking at all of them. Sixteen. So really, AJ's not up much more than you, Fat. No, I'm up twenty six. I'm seeing uh, twenty. Oh, you're right, twenty six. I'm sorry, it would have been forty one. Would have been sixteen. Thank you, twenty six. And then Scott's up um, four. These are outstanding. So actually, Scott, I've got a better record than you. It looks like. Yeah, uh, I like that. I, I'm like the. Uh, I like the I'm Seahawks. The, I'm the, yeah, I'm the Seahawks. Uh, okay, let's not, I see now. Let's not see, overreact yeah. to some ridiculous market. Uh, closing line value disasters in the marketplace this year. Overall, this podcast is doing rather well. Oh, I agree. I mean, okay. if you actually add it up, it's going to be better than. I mean, it's going to be hard to find it. Of course, AJ I, I guess by it himself. Sho- I guess know. it shows you where the bar is for us. Is you add it up, this is going to be as about. I'll do this silently when Steve is talking. Uh, you know, in perpetuity, uh, I'll do that. But. Um, <laughs> But I think we're going to be over 57% here. But the fact that I'm bemoaning that 
shows you, well, two things. We set a high standard and how self-involved I am. Because I'm thinking of myself right now, not doing so well. As much as I want, it's 165 and 125, you're saying? That's, that's over 50%. It is. All right, let's start. Five-star, best bets, defensive. Five-star. We're going to go to the Arizona Cardinals, plus three and a half at Atlanta. I really like this play. Now, it's not a bet on Arizona. I get it. Arizona's no good. And, in fact, in my power ratings, which I give out each and every week, I have Arizona, the 28th best team, minus five and a half. They're only one point away from being the worst team in the NFL. But my point is, is that Atlanta is a bad team as well. I only have Atlanta point and a half better than Arizona. So we start out with that. How much home field are we going to give Atlanta? I'm going to make the case, you know, anything more than a point, I think, is generous. Now, Atlanta, when they're having a let's, really— let, Yeah, let's be clear. This is about the end of the year. Exactly. Now, they're in the Dome. That Dome can be rocking. The, the year of the Dirty Bird. It got really loud, and there was a big home field advantage. Well, that's not the case in Atlanta when when the Falcons are bad at the end of the year. Are you which talking about are. like in 1994 when they were doing the Dirty Bird? Was that when that yeah, was? Yeah. That was a different stadium. It doesn't count. I, I remember when they were doing <laughs> – I remember when Dion was there, and they were doing I'm too sorry. legit, too legit to quit. Uh-huh. I think they lost the next game. Remember, Jerry Glanville. I remember Billy White Shoes Johnson. Oh, that, that was the Houston Texans you're thinking of. Houston Oilers. Oh, that's true. The Houston he, Oilers. He played. For, he played for both. He played for the Falcons also. Was it before or after? I think he became white shoes with Houston. I don't recall. Bum don't Phillips recall. had a heart attack. Yes. Um, by the way, on the season, every pick, fifty-six point nine percent. Huh. Scott's that dog will hunt, as they say. Scott's got the worst. Fifty-seven percent. Say that real quick. <laughs> All right. So obviously, obviously, we're concerned because Arizona's been playing worse. Okay. So Murray's knocked out, um, and so they're going with their second-string quarterback, and they haven't been playing as well. So if we look at the whole season, we got two teams that aren't starting their main quarterback. Yes. My question is because I'm a little skeptical of your pick here. My question is. Whose drop-off is bigger? It would seem Kyler Murray is the best of the four, and even though Colt McCoy has been serviceable, it seems like a major drop-off. Yes, if Kyler Murray had been Kyler Murray this year, but he really has never been that way. So I got Colt McCoy, a really good backup quarterback. I got him as a minus two and a half. Against an average starter. Against an average starter. But I got Murray... As like a half point better than an average starter, actually an above so, so average starter. About a three, then we're talking about a three point downgrade. Downgrade, that's right. But Murray this year has played worse than an average starter, so it's not nearly that three point downgrade that I had it at the beginning of the year. At this point in time, I would say it's about a point and a half. Okay, but still, now the question is, how much power ratings difference do you have based upon the season? Because that's the thing, Fez changes his power ratings with the news of the day, which is what. You should do ideally, but most power ratings that are numbers-based, purely numbers, can't do that. Mm -hmm. They really just say, hey, here's what happened on the field. Now, quarterbacks can be adjusted for. So, like, 538 made a big thing about the quarterback adjustment, where they got the team, they got the quarterback. And that player is important enough, the adjustment they'll make. So, if you just look at the season, and Scott, we've got, and you like these numbers, mm-hmm. we got the pregame composite where we use some different numbers from different people. And what is the difference between Atlanta and Arizona? And that's going to count the whole season yes. right now. So, Arizona is our worst rated uh, by our combined margin at minus 6.1, mm-hmm. and Atlanta is a minus 2.5. Okay. So, so we're looking at three, four, five. 3.6? Yeah, 3.6 difference, not accounting for home field or anything. And you're saying quarterback maybe one and a half? Yes. So now we're saying two. That sounds reasonable. So right now we're saying the Arizona's two points. 
worse. But if you look at the teams like our weighted projected EPA margin over the last four weeks of the season, so from week 12 on, mm-hmm. these teams are essentially even. We have Arizona minus eight and Atlanta minus seven. So Atlanta one point better. Now, remember, that's Desmond Ritter takes over, so he's a clear. I've got him two points worse than Mariota. I think I'm being generous. I think it's that's. I've got him too high, frankly. But if I just go by these numbers, yeah, Arizona's not as good as Atlanta. Atlanta's a point better. I think it's a good number. Make them a point better. You know what? I'm feeling generous. I want to give them two for home field into the three. That's, I think, very generous. I still want to get to three. If I can get plus three and a half with two crappy teams playing, and then, RJ, you you went ahead and suggested in pre-production we take a look and actually run the numbers. What happens if we take two bad teams? Mm -hmm. and 35% win percentage or less. Yes, from week 12 on. And we just the idea being, hey, there's not going to be much home field. There's not going to be there's going to be disparate motivation. Disparate motivation, uh, lukewarm crowd support. We're just going to we're just so we're, more often than not, it's going to be the dog that's going to be you know um, the weight team's going to be catching the points. So we ran it, getting three or more points to 55 percent winner, just taking three or more points with the team getting the points. The crappy team getting the points is the way to go versus the crappy team laying the points. And and I think scoring. What was the total in this game? I mean, uh, looking at 42, so low-scoring game, you're getting the points. To me, this presupposes a turmoil in Arizona and there's not in Atlanta. And I think that's a valid supposition, saying that it could be the case. I think if it's the case, the line is right. If it's not the case, there's value Cardinals. So the fact that it's not 100% means there's probably value Cardinals, the more I think about it. Yes, and I also could make the case that with the Hopkins missed six games with the Cardinals early in the year. So, you know, that's a little bonus. You know, he's playing well right now when he doesn't fumble. Yes. No, and, and that's back to power ratings, right? Is what is different today than mm-hmm. was during the majority of the season? Yes. Uh, Scott or AJ, you got opinions this, on this? This is my four weight game. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. And, and I think the two starts for Desmond Ritter is too early to say he can't play, but it's definitely not too early for me to say he shouldn't be laying over a field goal against anybody. Uh, and this is the worst defense in the NFL behind him. The worst. I thought, I was thinking, oh, these are two bad defenses. And I looked at DVOA, looked at, at PFF. Arizona's dead last in both. I mean, excuse me, Atlanta is. Arizona's bad. They're like 27, 28, but 32 and 32 for Atlanta. So now I've got Colt McCoy greater than Desmond Ritter. I've got a defense that's better than Atlanta's defense, and I'm catching three and a half points with a team that really, I don't count Arizona as at much of a disadvantage on the road because they have no home field advantage. So we've talked about that before, how if you've got a great home field advantage, you're more at more of a disadvantage on the road. If you don't have a great home field advantage, what like what's the big difference when you're on the road? And I guess I kind of don't understand the Atlanta's a point, point and a half better in the power ratings. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know what's better about Atlanta at this point. So the only thing is, and, and you're right on Atlanta's defense, if we look at our uh, EPA, you know, per drop back and per rush play and success rate, they're dead last. So their opponents have the and, most success. But the Cardinals overall are the 30th ranked DVOA team, according to Football Outsiders. They are also the worst first quarter team in the NFL this season. So there's a good chance they're playing from behind in this game. Um Meaning, meaning uh Atlanta, uh, Arizona might be playing from behind. The thing about the Falcons, though, they have scored. 20 fewer than 20 points in four straight games. The first time that's happened since 2018, just the second time that's happened for this team since 2007. So 
I do like it to be a low-scoring game because I don't think either offense is going to find much success scoring. And Cliff, 16-5 and ATS as a road dog in his career, 16-5. and I also Mm -hmm. like the fact that even though Atlanta's been having a horrible year, they were right in contention for winning the division, and they've finally been eliminated. They've had five wins for four straight weeks. So this is really the first time that they can't seriously look at and say, hey, we have a viable path to winning this division. Uh-oh, Fez, I was just noodling around here. I got a problem for you. Go ahead. Uh, check this out. See, we're, we're doing it live on air. <clears throat> you take a home team. You got two teams that are losing teams, mm-hmm. so just f- under 50. It's week 16 or 17, so it's the final two weeks of the year. Uh-huh. Now, there's become a week 18, which I'm rolled into here. So there's effectively week 16 and 17 prior to last year sure. and week 17 and 18 last year. is um, And the home team, that's it. you got two losing teams. It's late, late in the year. Home team is covering a shocking number. Now, a couple weeks before that, it's horrible. But then when it gets to be maybe the last home game, Maybe that's the concern, but they're 127 and 96, 57%, 1.26 points to the advantage, net margin. Uh, so Is that all favorites? Well, no, or it's just home teams? Te- uh, home teams. But not losing teams. This it's is, the home team of when two, two losing teams, teams are playing. playing. Oh, okay. The I'm home team just got, has um, done well, exceptionally well. Well, that is, I'm, you know, that that very much is is a concern. And week sixteen or later. Yes. Okay, I got. You it. know, I'm confident this this spread also is going to close three. So. Yeah, but that becomes a, a circular logic, right? Sure. Like, if you think it's going to close, it does. It doesn't make. That's why I don't like closing line value. But yeah. the only way you could really be confident it's going to close is if you have a sense of what. A, a group's going to bat. And I do have that sense. And so it's a veto play. Yes. Why do you hold that play. back to the I end? I didn't hold it play. I uh, didn't hold did it back. You did to the end. Yeah, well, okay. no, I'm not, not holding it back. You yeah. know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dig into this because I'm guessing this is only pertinent if it's the last home game. And I can, mm. I can find a way if I say next week is away. So I can just look at week uh, 16 by itself and say next week is away. Yes. And do that. That's interesting. Okay. Or maybe it's just maybe it's more powerful week 17 than week 16. But it's not because I I broke it down. Okay. So your best bet, it's official, is taking the points. Arizona plus three. Arizona. I thought that AJ's comments there, especially, you know, Kirk uh, Kingsbury being uh, good as a away dog. And just to clarify, not to clarify, but expound upon his point a little bit. If you have a deficient, most teams we assume are good at home and less good on the road. So if somehow you have a horrible home field advantage, that means you're probably a little underrated because the assumption of you having that advantage at home doesn't apply to you and still your record is whatever it is. So, for example, the other extreme is, uh, let's say, Denver. They have some big advantage at home when teams are playing back-to-back. And I'm talking now in NBA. That's one of the reasons, Fez, you don't like playing Denver or Utah in the NBA playoffs. Yes, because they become overvalued. Because if you look at their season-long um, scheme of 80-plus games. They have an inordinate advantage at home during the regular season. And inevitably, there's four or five games that are just business decisions where a Charlotte or someone yeah. comes in and Denver wins by 35 when the other team empties their bench completely. And all those numbers really add up in their aggregate um, points per game differentials. And what you're saying is because there is no back-to-backs during the playoffs, it wouldn't be pertinent. But even if there were back-to-backs during the playoffs, Playoffs, the assumption is on the road, Denver would be overrated because you'd be blending in that home record that is inordinately good. 
That's right. So always look to fade Denver and Utah in the playoffs Especially. at home or on the road. And, yes. But this scenario is the opposite, which is we have an Arizona team for whatever reason that's not good at home at all, which means they're going to be underrated on the road. Yes. Makes sense. Okay, next game is my best bet that happens to have a sassy young upstart Ooh. with a crossfire. Of his best bet. Yes. Best bet against pew, best pew. bet. My bang, bang. my pick with seniority here, Tampa Bay Bucks minus three. I have the goat, and you've got Sam Darnold. Continue. Remember my cousin Vinny? I would love to hear this. <laughs> you want me to start? I'll start. All right. Here, this is real simple. What was the line last week? Seven. The line was seven. Okay. Let me think about this. Seven becomes six and a half becomes six becomes five and a half becomes five becomes four and a half becomes four becomes three and a half becomes three. Okay. How many players for Tampa Bay died in this interim? None. None. How many were injured even? None. Uh-huh. Did they, how much did they lose by? They won the game. Oh. One how by three, in the hell has this line moved four points? Carolina looked real good. In one game. Yes. Against the team, let's be candid, that it, they look good one way. They were able to run the ball. For over 300 yards. They were able to run the ball. Yes. Tampa Bay, though, uh, if we look at them two years ago in Vita Bay, they couldn't. no one could run on them no matter what. This is not a bad running defense. This is, let's call them an average run defense. I don't see Carolina. I see Carolina having really ups and downs with their performance. The Steelers just dominated them not that long ago. You had Carolina in that game, if I recall. Didn't you? I don't think I did. Oh, wait. You had Atlanta against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Pittsburgh dominated them, too. That's true. Now, so let's think about this. Is It seems like Carolina picks on teams like Seattle that can't stop the run. But if, they, if they're playing a team that can stop the run, where do we have any sense that they're any good? That's my point. Mm-hmm. And this implies that these are just slightly, Tampa's just slightly better. Home field plus a little bit. And when you have Tom, this reminds me of one of the sagest things I ever said. <coughs> and it was by text to Fez. And it was about six weeks ago. He was saying, play Houston, play Houston. This was against, at the time, Tennessee that was healthy and everything. And I think, if I recall, the line was pick them. Or so. And Houston was at home. I said, Fez, you're asking Houston to win. That's the last thing they tend to want to do. Though they won the one game, it was like, you're asking Tom Brady to lose effectively here. And you're asking Sam Darnold to win. Now, I don't want to depress you, yeah. but I don't like that. It's depressing. <laughs> uh, but the Bucks and Tom Brady are 1-11-1 and in their last 13 games against the spread. And the question is, the spread would have been more like the seven-point spread. Yeah. I can see why. Mm-hmm. I think they've finally been brought down to earth in one fell swoop. Yeah, they're failing to cover by 6.2 points per game. That's the worst ATS margin in the NFL. And when these two teams played earlier this season, the Panthers won 21-3. P.J. Walker was the quarterback. Dante Foreman and— He had one of the great games in the, of the year. He didn't play that well. P.J. Walker? It was the running game. It was Chuba Hubbard and, and Dante Foreman rushed for 180 yards in that game. Each? No, combined. Oh, okay. Well, it's all right. It's not great. I mean, how many yards did he throw for? Uh, P.J. Walker in that game? Let's see. In that game, Walker threw for 177 yards. It was 21-3, so he just handed it okay, off. Okay, yeah. okay. It was a blowout. It was, it was the running game. It was, it was uh. Foreman and, and Hubbard, which is and – and that game was three days after they traded away Christian McCaffrey. It was a 13-point spread the Bucs were favored by. And all that's happened since is – 
The Bucks have gotten you worse. You realize you're making the, my point. Yes, that, it got that, steamed up from ten and a half. Then. I'm saying my my point is all everything that's happened since that point. The Panthers have gotten better. The Bucks have gotten worse. See, I'm not sure about that. Let's think about this a second. So what you're saying is, let's say four point swing for home fields, right? So tops division game. All right, so let's say three. Keep three. it simple. Yeah. Three-point swing, and they were 13-point favorites? Mm-hmm. So they would be 16 then, right, yeah. if it was worthy. So you're saying it's a 13-point net adjustment to, to three. Oh, that's a good way to look at this. A thir- so somehow, in what week was this game? Week three. Okay. Week, uh, no, it week was seven. week – was it week seven? Yes. Week seven, okay. Week so seven. Tampa's gotten where RJ's going here, not to put words <laughs> no, in yeah, yeah. is that Tampa Bay's probably gotten about, you know what, they're probably three or four points worse than Maybe where we five had five or six, them. I don't know. No, it's Wait. not that much. <laughs> and and Carolina's probably three or four points better. Doesn't add up even to 16 four. or 13. You know what, even if I'm going five and five, it's like I'm throwing two die here because <laughs> I can't go more than six, and I'm trying to throw a 16 well, if you, or if 13. You, if you upgrade Carolina a point every week since. That's a that's a and you downgrade team. Tampa point every week since it doesn't get to 13. Well, oh, I think it does. Let's, that, look that, that, barely. Yeah. let's look at where they've gone over the past couple of weeks. Because since week 10, Carolina's done nothing but gotten better. They, If you look at our EPA every single week, they're Not against positive, Pittsburgh. They didn't. Positive yeah, 8.8. Well, hold on. Week 11, they got crushed. They got crushed in week 9. What are you talking about? Well, week 10 on. Oh, oh, okay. Well, week 11, they lost by 13.9 points. Yeah, but look at what they still are overall. Okay, but let, let's be candid. And they lost by 10 points. I mean, let's just read the EPAs going backwards. They won by 26 points. Now, what is the EPA? It's expected points added. And what adjustments have we made? Only taking out garbage time. Only taking out garbage time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the plus 26. I'm not going to do point decimal points here. Plus 26 last game. Uh, Mackenzie, we should have, like you said, we should have the teams here. Can you line uh, tell me the teams after I say it? Yeah. All right. So the plus twenty six against the Detroit Lions. All right. Minus ten. Pulling up their schedule. One Jesus, this guy. <laughs> guys, I'm ready. <laughs> then he's just pulling up the schedule. <sighs> okay. Minus ten is going to be again. Can we remember who they played last week? Okay. They played Steelers. the Lions. No, they played the Steelers. Steelers. Okay. All right. So they got dominated against Pittsburgh. Then they played the Broncos, and they won by 12. All right, whatever. Then they had a bye, and then they won, let's give them credit, by 23 against the Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. Am I got that right, or I got that mixed up? Seahawks, yes. then Broncos. And then at minus 14 against the Ravens. Yes. So, and then they were good against the team before, and then they were horrible. It's like It seems like they've had, let's just say since week 10, they've had two good ones one or I'm sorry, two bad ones. One, two, three, four good ones. But that means you're stopping right before the blow, the minus twenty-two. Yeah, I think I'm, we're getting. I'm, I think we're getting caught. To, what I'm trying to say is, from week ten right. on, the Panthers are four and two, and the Bucks are three and three. Uh-huh. But yet overall, the Panthers are a plus eight point eight net during in that the, time in period. Those six games. Yeah. And the Bucks are a negative nine point three. I think we're getting caught. I think games. we're getting caught in the weeds here. All right. All right? I think we should I think just you take had a good point there. I, I, it's a very good point, and the numbers certainly back it up. But the big picture is, there is no way, there is no way, Carolina 
If they made the playoffs by some miracle, there's some plane crashes and the like, and they had to put them in the playoffs. They no miracle. They just win the next two games. Are you going to? That's a good point. <laughs> um, they um, are, is Carolina an average NFL team or a below average? No, team? they're below average. Thank you. Stop. Is Tampa a, is, a below is Tampa, average team? Is Tampa below average team? No, Tampa is You're an wrong. average. I'm right. Tampa is an <laughs> average team. They might be a tiny bit below average or a or or an average team, but they're right there. Tampa is better than Carolina. You'd have to be punch drunk. To say Carolina's better, and I totally I get the fact that Carolina has been much better the last two, eight weeks. You know what? The first eight weeks of the season, Seattle was way better than a lot of playoff how, teams, know, too. Here's the thing. I agree with what Fez is saying generally. I think there's two other factors. One, Tampa Bay can't be downgraded for last week. Okay? If you actually look at the adjusted scores, Mackenzie, you had those up. You want to pop those back up? They actually won. Uh, Kevin Cole had him win by eight. Uh, pre, the pregame EPA luck had him win by six. Won the yardage by 60 yards. Arizona converted a fake punt. The all stats model we have has him winning by 10. Yeah. You can't downgrade him for that. Yeah. You can leave him right. the same. Yeah. Carolina, let's give them a point, even a point and a half for dominating like they did last week. The line was seven. What we're saying is, why the hell didn't you bet the plus yeah, seven? The, the seven why, where yeah. you let us down? You should have told us, if you liked plus three so much, you should have told us to bet plus seven. And I think there's one more point. This is the classic, and listen, let's give credit. AJ's been the victor this year. But AJ has the mentality that every week there's like a new league. Oh, they just lost by 30. They can't be any good. They just won by 30. they got to be great. There's only 16 games that's been played so far. we got to count those games. You can't just say because the game was two months ago, it doesn't matter. And if you look at Tampa for the season, their rating is a .9 above, one, almost one point better than average. Which, I, I'm, I'm, this is great. Okay. Go ahead. Because that's counting the entire season. Yes. And has anything changed about Tampa this entire season? They've been beat up on the O-line. And Brady got a new coach. Brady got a little older. Nothing. Brady got a little older. Well, that is, well, we all got a little older. Though, yeah, the don't tell me about it. They're still season. the same team, right? So Tampa's at a point nine. Mm-hmm. We have Carolina at a minus 1.8. Mm-hmm. So that's a point nine difference, which means giving Tampa the home field, this line is pretty even. No, no Tampa, you said, was plus point nine. Mm-hmm. It's 2.7. 2.7. All okay. right, so it's 2.7 on okay. neutral. So, that's what I'm saying. All right, So the but, but I'm going to make the argument now that this is the number for Tampa, for Carolina all 16 games. Carolina has had five or six different incarnations this season. It's very valid. Baker Mayfield was hey, which, the starting quarterback. So the question PJ is, which Walker. one's better? We don't even know which I, one's well, better. This version is the best version here's of, the, what I, of the Carolina Panthers. Look at what they've done the past couple of Here's six. a number it's that Sam will Donald, shock you. They, right? Here, well, you. And listen, his numbers have been good. That's not Sam Darnold, since, since the Carolina Panthers let Sam Darnold take over in Week 12, they are the number one team in passing DVOA. By a mile. Okay, how many yards have they thrown through four games? Uh, I don't know. I well, don't know how many yards it. per game. Okay, f- you understand and the difference it, between. Hold on, you understand the difference between efficiency and, and, and yes. production, right? And I've got another stat, are When okay, you said well, let's Tom go Brady to and production, okay, Tom Brady's PFF grade seventy five point four. Sam Darnold seventy five point one. Tom Brady is Sam Darnold well, right well, now. Well, hold on a second. Well, I, did you plan that in the mirror that line? <laughs> he is. I mean, you said if like you believe that, then then okay, they should take this record away from you. How That's many fine. Yards? How many? Okay, thank you. How many yards? Two hundred. He had one hundred and sixty four yards, and then he had one hundred and twenty, then two twenty five, and oh look, two fifty. <laughs> Excuse me, two fifty. I mean, he's averaging 160 yards a game. That's all they're asking him to do? Okay, so now the question is, are they going to need to do anything but that against Tampa? 
And if they can just run all over them, you're right. They're going to win. Do you think it's a coincidence, as much as we're talking about how Carolina's played well, their variance is going to be as high as any team's in the last four games or five or six? Because if the team can't stop the run, they're killing them. And if the team can, they're getting beat. That seems to be pretty much the score here, right? Pittsburgh can stop the run. They couldn't do anything against them, right? So it's, to me, this comes down to will Tampa stop the run? Maybe they won't. And, and I agree. Here's the last point I'll make. I agree with you guys. If the, we want to say this incarnation is the incarnation and they're better, then this line's right. This line's not low. I mean, you can't, for you to bet this game, you got to think the line should be two and a half. You can't believe that. So to me, this line's at the extreme that it could be. If everything falls right, you guys have a 50 50 bet, in my opinion. Fez, would you agree with that? I agree. One more point. Do you believe in conspiracies, RJ? Yes. Holding number 78, yeah, Carolina. They want? Yeah. they want Tom Brady or Sam Darnold in yeah, the playoffs. You know what? What are the ratings going to be? Dallas at Tampa Ooh. or Dallas at Carolina? Ooh. And I always say this. I, I always say it because I have, I have a wife that can be um, – she, she, she can be spot on often. Okay. And, and Truth teller. So if I was a referee refereeing this game and I'm about to get in the plane, she drops me off at the airport, if I'm lucky, Scott – the last thing she does, she looks me in the eye and she says, whatever you do, don't even bother going home if you make a bad call that knocks TB, greatest of all time, out of the playoffs. <laughs> even, all things being equal. I don't know about the wife saying that, but here's what I'll say for right? sure. The league knows. They, they've they done a lot. Listen, they got some of the best math guys in the world oh, working for them. This is real them. strong, I, yes. What kind of uh, referee, umpire... What kind is good for Tampa? Mm-hmm. What kind is good for Carolina? Who holds? Who does this? And they're gonna they're gonna cherry pick that crew to help Tampa Bay here. Wouldn't you do that I if you if, were the NFL, Scott? If Tampa loses, they can still win the division, though. They okay, but, win next but, week. but if they yeah. win, they win the division. Yes. So they're not gonna leave it up to next week. Well, it's gonna be a last second field goal. <laughs> so, but I thought. Wait a minute. I thought Carolina was the better team. How could it, the Tampa could have a situation like? Here's the thing. If you look at Tampa, Tom Brady, will have a last second drive. Everyone will gl- talk about how he's the goat, and and he'll drive you know, him down. I field will for say, a as, Ryan suck up game winning field goal. As bad 24, as 23 final. As bad as he's been, Brady's really been great with these late. Fourth quarter drives. And they, I heard a theory on this. They're saying he's probably calling those plays, mm. and that the key is the offensive coordinator, maybe not as good as Brady calling the plays. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I think this was a. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Scott. I had to do it for the audience, but I didn't mean to be too <laughs> hardcore here. But you just kind of see you're on the wrong side here, right? I'll concede you won the argument. All right. How about that? Well, it's I'm automatic. not going to back off my pick. Well, it's an automatic bet, so he can't. You, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm not backing off. Sure. There's no I'm, backing off. I'm not yeah. backing off the pick, but I if we the jury voted, I do and, think, and you won the argument. I do think we stumbled on an interesting point. Could this line really be, if we do, as Fez calls it now, the the, the, the rule of two somehow. My that's name, your rule. Yeah. Is if we moved, but let's just go one because we're going off of three. If we went that's to f- If we went to four— I'd say, yes, the line sounds, even though it was seven last week, I'd say mm-hmm. maybe that was a little inflated. If it goes to two, could you imagine even thinking about Carolina? So, like, in a weird way, by going one in each direction and one being feeling viable and one not for the other team, the team mm-hmm. that it's going against, that in a way tells the story. I think you guys are feeling right directionally from seven Ooh, down. Read that top bet there pending. All right. I made a mistake. All right, top bet pending. 
A million dollars. No, 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 no. A dime on week 17. Panthers plus seven and a half. Seven and a half. Correction. We could add the seven. You want that, Scott? Yeah, I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) Best bet. Hold on. That's right. (laughs) Panthers seven and a half. Got it. All right. Good, good, good debate, though. Good, thirsty, lively debate. Next game, we got Mr. A.J. Hoffman, the star of the year so far. His best bet. Philadelphia Eagles minus six and a half. I'm bucking that. Crossfire. All right. I love – you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I, I love the opportunity to sell high on the Saints coming off back-to-back wins. I thought you were saying buy high on Philly. No, they were coming off a loss, well, a, a what, phony loss. Well, what was the line last week? Five, four and a half. In this game? Say, no, Philly-Dallas. No, no, I'm saying what was the line in this game? Because he's saying they're ah, buying yes, low. Yes, you think it would have went down. Philly was uh, off the board because they weren't sure of the quarterback. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we're getting a discount on the Eagles, I think, given that they ended up not winning a game, not covering in Dallas despite outplaying them for most of the game. The Eagles were very unlucky in the turnover department in that game. I thought Minshew played well. His receivers had a couple balls yanked out of their hands. But here's the thing. Dallas, the number one team in the NFL in creating turnovers. New Orleans, the number last team in the NFL in creating turnovers. So I don't think that issue is – So we would agree – that's a t- typically something you fade. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think Dallas is legit. This is two years in a row they've been dominant in, in causing turnovers. I think we can say Dallas is a good, good create. It's not all luck with Dallas. So, McKenzie, we try very hard to uh, acknowledge when turnover creation is coming specifically from pressure and strip sacks, which is a skill. When we remove that out and then we're left with, hey, PFF says there were supposed to be this many turnover-worthy plays, how many turnovers were there, the difference being dropped interceptions and such, how lucky and or unlucky is Dallas and New Orleans? Or New Orleans? One second. Mm-hmm. The, the Cowboys are 24 points lucky on their turnovers. The Saints, 13 points lucky on their turnovers. Okay, so we're talking both offense and defense for both teams? Yes. All right, let's break it down. All right, so... Dallas, 24 points lucky on their own turnovers. Their defense is their number one in turnover margin. They haven't been lucky, according to our numbers. Only three points their opponents have suffered um, unlucky. Okay, so what we're saying here is we're acknowledging that a big chunk of Dallas's turnovers they generate actually are, are legitimate, that they, they, they deserve them. The Saints, they're about even on their turnovers. Their opponents have gotten lucky, 25 points lucky on the season. They should be, like to AJ's point, generating more turnovers than they have. Not well, point, no, it's, it's the opposite it's of it. Opposite, yeah. <laughs> okay, so net net, what we're saying is that Dallas has been a little bit more lucky. Yes. Net net by like 13 points or something. Yes. Okay, so really, if you think about it, AJ, what we're saying here is you're generally right that there's a big disparity between them, and that disparity, except for 13 points worth of turnovers, is legitimate based on our numbers. So. But obviously, that's going to be built in their power rating. It's going to be built in a lot of things. So the best you could do with that is it would be legitimate. It can, What we could have said is, oh, it's wholly illegitimate, but that's not the case. But I still, like, you better expect that or, or these power ratings don't make sense. Right? No, you're right. Uh, I, but I think Minshew overall, like the, the downgrade that they're giving from Hertz to Minshew is – it's an overreaction. I, I, th- I mean, I think Hertz is an MVP caliber player, but I think Gardner Minshew is a, a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Like this is a a real luxury the Eagles have here, and they got him for a six round pick. Yeah, 
And I think having him in this, like the, the Eagles have a bet, the better quarterback on the field in this game with their backup. I, what do you have, Fez? Do you have Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew higher? Well, first off, Andy Dalton's had an amazingly good year. Uh, I mean, if we do our PFF, uh, and, we'll, and Fez, your ratings obviously matter too. Why don't you go first and then I'll go? I've got them comparable. I've got them within a half a point, Minshew and Dalton. All right, so if we look at a hybrid between PFF and ESPN QBR, we have Andy Dalton as the tied for the 10th best quarterback in football, ironically tied with Justin Herbert. <laughs> um, so his uh, PFF grade is 87, and Justin Herbert's is 77, by the way. And then uh, QBR, 57 for Herbert, 52 for Dalton. So you blend that together, and we got to rank. Uh, they tied for 10th. Huh. Okay. And then we got Minshew, who hasn't played many plays, obviously. Right. Do we even have him over here, McKenzie? Yeah, put it up on the screen, actually. Okay. Uh, PFF, 72. And say, so, so 142, if we just added it. So I guess 71 on average, right? And here we got our averages. If we're tied for 10th, uh, what do we have here? It'd be 138. 138. So actually, by the one game. So what they're saying is Minshew in the one game pretty much played as well as Andy Dalton has on the season. Wouldn't you say, Fez, that game certainly was in the outer bound, the upper bounds of what would be expected from Minshew? Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're saying is Andy Dalton the whole year has played as well as Minshew did this one game that he seemed to play extraordinarily well. Yes, although I would say Andy Dalton is on the outer bounds of anything we would expect from Andy Dalton. That's fine, but over the course of like eight or ten starts, it's more meaningful. I I agree, but no one knows better about how good Andy Dalton is than the Saints. And isn't it interesting? I know the weather was terrible, but for a top-ten quarterback— he basically got benched in the second half against well, but Cleveland. That, but that, you said in hindsight that's why Vito liked the game. Yes, because Taysom because Hill was had maybe was the most mutter. valuable in, in a single-wing type game. Yeah. Uh, what would it be, Justin Fields? Then it would be uh, probably Josh Allen and then and Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lam- Lamar Jackson <clears throat> maybe hurt. I mean, but you're looking – at yeah. the Saints, that'd be like uh, the, the top five quarterback. In, top, in yeah, Blizzard, top five or in eight. Blizzard, yeah. yeah, so yeah, he sits yeah, in good point. Yeah. So, and thank God they did. That was one of the keys of the game, right? It was. I have a real concern about the Eagles, though, and it's Lane Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's, a good, that's a good point. Without him since 2020, so since Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, and he's not the quarterback here, but mm-hmm. this version of Era, the team. Yeah. They're three and ten straight up without Lane Johnson. Overall, they're twelve and twenty-one without Lane Johnson playing. Prior to those years, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Combined overall. In How Lane old Johnson's is Lane career. Johnson, though? Um, he's playing well this year. Yeah, that's yeah. all that matters. Now, he supposedly he's out for the whole regular season, but well, they, supposed he, to come he, back for the playoffs, maybe. He's delaying his surgery. He's 32. He's delaying his surgery with the hopes that he can play in the playoffs. Okay. So he's announced that they, that report came out yesterday that he's not having surgery. So he's hoping that. He can come back. He's he's consulted with multiple doctors that say that maybe there's a chance he can play in the playoffs. So Ben Solak from The Ringer, uh, who covers Philly for on a pod that's just Philly-based, and he, he came up through Philly, um, you know, he's a fan of the team, said this is the most injured Philly has been the entire year. Uh, so I, I do think there's something to that. There's also the fact that it takes a four out, you know, I guess – uh, four 50-50 flips or whatever for them not to have the number one seed because they had to lose both games and Dallas has to win both yes. games. There is an element here if Dallas loses Thursday night, right? They play Thursday? Yep, they do. Yeah. Tennessee Thursday. Yeah. Now, listen, they're the clear favorites. They lose. 17% chance. All, all of a sudden, this, this Philly doesn't look near as good, right? Because Philly good. has no motivation. No reason to bet Philly 
They could lose to the Vikings for the first seed. Huh? Their odds to get to the first round by doesn't actually change with the Cowboys' loss because the Vikings could still steal it. So you're saying if the Vikings win both games and Philly loses both games? It, it, I don't believe that's well, correct because Philly, no, Philly beat the Vikings, so they have the tiebreak. Well, here. We just can do it here. Yeah, but there's only one game difference. Vikings would have three losses. Eagles would have four. Yeah. Eagles okay. have to win one more game. So you're oh, saying okay. they would be the number one seed then? Minnesota. Yes. Oh, okay. that's, that's true. I forgot about that. All right, so good good f- feedback there, McKenzie. But Minnesota's so, an underdog this week. So. I hear you. But what I'm saying but is yeah. it won't be it won't be like said and because if it was, you know how when you exhale, sometimes you think the other quarterback's gonna right. play, then at the last minute he doesn't and the team exhales and then this all of a sudden. This is an excellent back. point. They yeah. still won't have clinched. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I also think the, the the wild card in this, no pun intended, is Philly has the Saints pick. So if they beat the Saints it's a better pick. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now, you would think there's no motivation for the Saints to care. It's not their pick anyway. But to some degree, you think there's going to be pride there. Like, we don't want to give you a great pick. And you look stupid as an organization to be yeah. giving away a really good pick. So yeah. I think that's motivation for both sides in a way. But it's clearly motivation for Philly. Yes. Um, I also think this narrative – or not narrative, but the reporting that Tom Brady and, and Sean Payton's going to go to New Orleans – I don't know. What is that? AJ, what do you think that does to the, the locker room? I, I don't know. And that's the, the first I heard of it was when you said that today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am surprised that Sean Payton would be interested in coaching the Saints. He, he really liked the Saints. I mean, they, they treated him great. They let him out of his car. I mean, it seems like, the, the, you know, it was literally they were as good to him as they could be. And if he, especially if you look at the team, Alave's been a hit. The defense looks, you know, a little older. But Stats are good. They've had a solid statistical year. But if, if Sean Payton came back and took that job because of he was going to get Tom Brady there, how long does that last? In One year. One year and go for try win a Super Bowl. Yeah, who knows, mm-hmm. right? I mean, who knows? Maybe he goes for one. Here's the question. If they're going to – the D.C. that became head coach, I forget his name now. Dennis Allen. Allen's not – I mean, is he keeping his job? I mean, do you really want to run this back? No. So if they're going to fire him anyway, then Sean Payton becomes a bridge maybe, and maybe they take one-year flyer where the next year – I mean, first of all, we don't know when – Brady has dropped off in the second half of this year. Mm-hmm. Even when people thought he was playing bad, he wasn't earlier in the year. Now, is this an old quarterback at the end of the year? I don't know. But he, I think he has one – right now I would bet even money he plays next year, Brady. I'd make a big bet actually. Yeah, but not in Tampa. I think almost impossible. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think he's done with Tampa. I think he's already moved. <laughs> I mean, the, the, His U-Haul house truck is was for there sale. a couple of days ago. Um, of Giselle's in the house. And apparently, <laughs> apparently Gronk is is going to go to the Saints. They're saying, mm. which again, Gronk's still like is like thirty three years old or something. He's not as old as he seems. They made just Kelsey. Yeah, exactly. Thirty three. And, and I thought Kelsey was going to have a down year this year, but he hasn't. Anyway, I think there was a lot of questions in this game. I just think Philly in general was – I think that – Who's leading the NFL in, in touchdown receptions? Gronk? <laughs> Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey. There we go. With, with um, Adams. Which is really like a surrogate for Gronk. I mean, I would never <laughs> have expected that. I, I'll say this in closing. I think the most underrated factor in late-season NFL is injuries. And usually it's an accumulation of injuries. It's this third cornerback that allows them to play this certain coverage. Now they can on third down, and it makes it. Di- if you hear the really smart people talk, that's the stuff they're talking about. And to me, when I hear Philly being as injured as any time during the year, 
It may, and, and let's be honest, the Saints have gotten unlucky this year. I mean, they've got they a lot. I mean, Mackenzie, let's look at the fourth quarter win share to close this and give AJ last word. Um, how's it, how do they rank versus their wins? Their plus or minus what? Saints should have won about one more game than they should have, than they have. Yeah. So I and again, that's that puts them where in the rankings of how lucky or unlucky. I mean, one second. So one more game. The seventh unluckiest in terms of wins, not. Yeah, and I think if this is one, you know, and Philly obviously has been lucky because you can't win that many games. And not be, they're actually not as lucky as you might think. What, half a game lucky? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's about a one, game and a half a difference here, which, again, I think is probably why the line's a little high. It, just, it feels like Philly shot their – as much as they had a backup in, they wanted to put the coffin – they wanted to close the coffin on Dallas. Yeah. They didn't. Can they really want to? Is winning by margin really on their mind right now? That's a good point. The Philly just played their their game of the year against Dallas, you know. And so even though you could make the spot. case they, with a backup quarterback, how can it be a game of the year? I'd make the case it's it's even more so. They're, 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 they're they put the energy, energy in it. Yes. Like. Well, if you're Gardner Minshew, don't you want to get margin? Don't you want to like put on a show? I have no no doubt the backup quarterback who was traded for a sixth round pick wants to get margin. Yeah. I'm just not sure how important it is. I'm as big of a fan of his as you can get. I agree with you. And remember, just to be clear, this is my, um, let's see here. This is my two-star. So, I mean, I do not have the conviction you have on this game. It's your five, my two. Closing thoughts. Uh, my, my last closing thought is the Saints on the road have already lost to Matt Rule-led Carolina. Wait, Carolina's great. Not when they had Matt oh. Rule and Baker Mayfield, they okay, weren't. Okay, okay. They got, they got beat by double digits at Pittsburgh. Which <laughs> Do you really believe Baker Mayfield's a worse quarterback than Sam Darnold? Uh, no. Okay, then I'm confused by your But comments. I do think that Baker Mayfield with Matt Rule was a worse combination. than, than for, for like three games. Well, I guess it was four or five games. I don't think it was five. And it was a couple of weeks after he got to the program. That's the funny part. That's true. I mean, it was a tough – and the fact what he's doing – let's be honest, he's not playing so bad with the Rams. He's playing very well with the Rams. Put up a 50-burger on him. Yeah. Mm. On the best defense in the league, at least up until last week. All right. That's it. Now, we got our fives covered because Scott and I had the crossfire. Steve Fazig, your four-star. Four-star. Your Pittsburgh Steelers plus two-and-a-half against Baltimore. The more I look at this, the more I like this game. So – if I look at the power ratings on these two teams. So let's get the assumption. Lamar? Lamar out. All right. No, let's be clear. He didn't it, practice Wednesday. Did not practice. Doesn't mean he's out. Yes, he's doubtful. Is that his official designation? Yeah. That's what it's I don't think up. so. He got the, the, the Check screen, that, McKenzie. The screen said downgraded to doubtful. Oh, okay. Let's okay. Ch- confirm that. Go ahead, Steve. Yes, unless I'm like. No, no, go ahead. I could be still a little from the medication. Oh, well, when's that, that going to end? That excuse has to stop eventually. I, I, it's like, did you have mono? I was, taking Ny- I was taking NyQuil nightly, uh-huh. and now that I'm better, I still take it. So that's, I think I may be addicted. <laughs> she never mentions the word addiction. In certain companies. <laughs> So yeah, I've got. The first I've got. Step is admitting the problem. So yeah, I'm actually proud of you. For this. You did that publicly. So My name's Steve Fezzik. I'm hooked on Nyquil. With Huntley, I have. I'm hooked on a feeling. I've got them uh, Pittsburgh as a slightly better team. But then I went back. I pregame under R.J. Bell has done some tremendous research looking at how teams basically are week by week. And if you go back to week 11, like, well, why are you cherry picking week 11? Well, it, it it makes sense because that's when Lamar Jackson wasn't healthy. And now he's not even going to be playing, so Huntley's taken over. And for Pittsburgh, so they have Watt back playing for them, which made the defense a whole lot better. Um, Pittsburgh's been really good. Like, Pittsburgh's been 10 points better than an average team. Fault? From, from when to when? Week 11 on. 
All right, so they've been 10 points better than their opponents. Oh, than their opponents. Thank you. Um, and so this is not strength of schedule adjusted, but Baltimore has been just comparable to their opponents. So Pittsburgh has been 10 points better than Baltimore since week 11. And now this game is being priced like these two teams are equal. I also love the fact series history. So you believe Pittsburgh's the better team Pittsburgh's right the better team, and I love Ooh, the series history. you had Pittsburgh at number 29 not that long ago. Do you ago. agree with that, RJ? Uh, I think Baltimore is a strange case. I'm going to let Steve finish, and I'll give some time. I got Pittsburgh a half point better. And I'm and, you had and them like 29, not that long. And now ago. I got him 12th. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Mike Tomlin, baby. And the like I said, the series history. We know the series history. Always close take games. close games, 16 to 14 type of games. They played a game like this already this year. And you're year. laying the points here, right? I'm, oh, you're I'm, taking. I'm getting. I'm okay. getting the two and a half. And I thought you were taking the AJ number. And, and, and I, I would argue if ever there was a game that could land one or two with Justin Tucker out there and, you know, and field goals and the like, 9-7, 16-14 type of game, this is it. Give me the two and a half with a team that's not just been better. It's been a good 10 points better than opponent since week 11. All right. So let's look at this. You know how you are with a team, especially if you have a team that wins like Pittsburgh has historically. You're always looking at it almost sour because you're used to the times. Sometimes you're the best team in the league, and it's like there's no weakness. You feel like Philly this year. You could look and say no weakness or hardly any weakness. Then you see some weakness, and you're like, yeah, but yeah, but I'm yeah, but in Pittsburgh a lot here. But if you look at it now, since week twelve, they've been plus seven, plus eight, minus two, plus ten, plus three. So they're playing very well. And during that time, their average is a plus 5.3 during that time. Uh, you were saying, how far were you saying go back, Faz? You were talking about out plus 8 or something? What were you talking about? I, um, I was doing that from memory, and I stand corrected. My numbers are wrong. Pittsburgh's not 10 points better. Yeah, so I'm it's 5.3 better since week 12. Yes, sorry okay. about that. No, I, I wasn't even trying to contradict you as much as just go over it. Okay, Glad so now did. if we look yeah. at Baltimore, you go back to week 12, they're slightly you know, in the hole. They're minus 0.2. Right, but all these games have been so close, except the last two. They won by a nice amount last week. They lost by a nice amount the week before. Then it was one point nine, one point one minus point six. So real close, right? Okay. Bad offense, really good defense. Yeah, and that's a key distinction. The defense since they got Smith from Chicago has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. All right. So now the question is this: How good is Baltimore the whole year, and how much of that was Lamar? Because I would make the following case. Baltimore's only lost one game this year. And McKenzie, pull this up. I'm going by memory. They only lost one game by more than like four points. So, and that was the the the, the last, not the most recent game, but the game before. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So if we look at this. Correct. Only one game by more than five points. By five points. So, I mean, if, let's just look at this for a second. Okay. So if we start at the beginning of the year. And we say, all right, they won by 15, they lost by four. Now that four was against the Dolphins, we remember. An amazing comeback, right? 11 they won by. Then they lost by three against the Bills. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, oh, they won by three, right? Against the Bills or lost? They lost by they three. Lost. The and that was the Bills had an amazing comeback. Bills kicked a, yes. Bills kicked a game-winning field goal with time expiring. But there was more than that. Yeah, they were down big late, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he said, they, 
Yeah, I know. At some point, the, there's going to be an extra point at the end of every comeback. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was they kicked the game-winning field. It was 20-20 up until the last second of the game. But it was but. they were down by 10, like with yes. five minutes left, right? Okay. Isn't it funny how he's always biased to the Bills? It's I crazy. picked against the Bills last week. Well, Stop with that nonsense. That's a I'm lie. Saying, no, you, when you tell a story, it's always to the Bills' favor. It's never okay. to the Bills' disfavor. I'm saying you're either neutral or pro-Bills. Okay. Am I right or am I wrong, Scott? Did you imagine if Justin Herbert played for the Bills? Oh, it, it, the whole universe would explode. <laughs> AJ, why'd you pick against the Bills? They were great last week. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I suck at this. That man. was That's a close. That, that, oh, look at him sizing you now. He's sizing us. All right. <laughs> we got to make a big bat no next year. more pineapple martinis for you, sir. We got to make a big sir. bat next year. All right. The, uh, okay, we're continuing on here. Um, against the Bengals, they won by two. And then they... Uh, I don't know why I had such trouble. McKenzie, you want to finish these for me? I'm having trouble reading it. The lose by four to the Giants. So that was, remember at that point, it was the Ravens had three losses, but they had only trailed yeah. for 120 seconds. How's the end and of they that double Giants? digit leads yeah, in all yeah, the games? Yeah. How'd that Giants game end? I don't remember. You remember? Uh, it was. Oh, that was the, the Giants scored two fourth quarter touchdowns. They were down twenty to ten in the fourth quarter. Too. Okay, and we kept talking fourth quarter with these guys. Okay, and then they won by three against the Browns. They won by five against the Bucks, and that was that Thursday night game, right? Right. And then they won by fourteen against the Saints, and by ten against the Pan- the Great Panthers. They beat. Yeah. Then they lost by one against the Jags, which in hindsight. Does it lost the lead late? Won by one against the Broncos, which again, not not a great game, but not much offense there for sure for either team. And then they won by two against the Steelers, and they lost by ten against the Browns. Doesn't look great there, and they beat the Falcons pretty handily. They covered and, and four straight Jags, games, seventeen or fewer points, all yeah. defense. And remember that Jags game they lost because the Jags went for a two point conversion yeah. when they scored the mm-hmm. touchdown with fourteen seconds yeah. left. So my point left. would be, and Tucker still had a chance to kick the yeah. long field <laughs> goal. Except for the Brown, Faze, you got a good point. Is the offense? I mean, if you really look, since they got Smith, and you say let's go from the Jags game because let's say give him a couple game, or let's say uh, yeah, from the Jags game, the scores have been 17-19. And remember, so, the NFL so no team on either side has scored more than seventeen points, and the NFL is trending upwards in scoring. I right. mean, this year? No, the last month. The last uh, month. The, within the year, yes, yes. It, it, within the last month, the average scoring has been has been going up. The salami's gone over four straight weeks, but not not in Baltimore games where there's it, really hard to score a touchdown in so, a Baltimore so game. Are we right to say this is the teaser of the year? Yes, we are. You don't have to buy my teaser of the year. RJ just gave it. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> sorry, I already gave it out to my clients. But what I'm saying is, this is a great. I mean, it's this is a scoring. this is the cornerstone of the teasers. I would make the case you should play multiple teasers where you go ahead and you bang Pittsburgh. You know what? I you'd be hard pressed to find a better teaser. Really low total. Historically, uh, two teams that play very close games and the closest. Yes. But Fed, don't talk, don't talk about the advantage teasers. No one knows about those advantage teasers. They've known about it for no one knows. They're the Wong teasers. Wong. They were actually. It's wrong to talk about Wong. They were actually Frank B teasers. He's the one that taught Stanford Wong about them. By the there way, there we go. So you want to talk about the unders division unders this year? It's uh, the best season for division unders since 2017. 61.1% division unders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which I, we like. I, so I like your – I mean, I see your pick. I don't know. I just 
I just Harbaugh wins a lot of games. Yeah, well, I, I, I like win. the I like I, the teasers. I like the teasers so much. The oh, teasers so much more. Here. Not at home though. Uh, at home, the Ravens since 2017, 22 and 28 ATS, two and five ATS. Well, they've been laying a lot of points. Tomlin, what's their straight up record? Yeah, Tomlin is 10 and two ATS as a dog against the Ravens in his career. He's 19-4-1 as a divisional dog. This is the These are the games that he gets his guys up. Every for. game ends 16-14. to 14, The dog's going to cover. And we can't forget this. We can't forget this. Tomlin has a winning season within reach. Are Two you sure wins. about yeah. – are Two you sure that, that there's some kind of trend about that? Oh, I, give him a tie. And I tell you this. If they, if they win both these games, they win both these games, they have uh, – and yeah, well, McKenzie has to change it. So, okay, yeah. Huh. I was thinking when I was. When I just want to see how long it takes him just to put win-win on Pittsburgh and actually just leave it. <laughs> this guy. All right, they have a twelve percent chance to make the playoffs. A, you know, it's funny when they coming into the last week last year, they had a five percent chance, and you said Pittsburgh won't care about that. Remember? Yeah, I've changed my tune. Now I'm like, <laughs> as long as it's four percent, teams are going to be like. We well, can... look at Green Bay. We were we were putting the, co- the dirt on their coffin a bunch. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good kind of takeaway from the season. If it's the numbers above one percent, these teams believe. Yes. It, unless if they lost a game that is a real tough game, they might be down one week. But even if they win that game somehow, and now they're at eight percent, they start believing again. Yes. All He's right. like, all I got to do is win my three games, and already my odds go up to like very a real possibility. Would you agree with eight win or eight losses right now, and Tomlin trying to have that? that record continued, this is the most likely tie in the history of this series. I feel like, doesn't it just feel like this would be the game that ends in a tie? Super low total, two great defenses. That's interesting. Uh, I would say... 13-13. Yeah, I could see it. I would say this, if I'm Tomlin, and I got the ball late in a tie game, let's say it's overtime, I'm going to try to play for I either win or the game's over. That's what I was going to ask you. If If Pittsburgh's down seven... Late, they score. Tomlin goes for two for the win. No, I don't think so. He goes for the tie and goes to overtime. Because to me, the tie's a win for him. No, if- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to disagree mm-hmm. because he needs the win to have any chance to make the playoffs. I don't think that matters much. Really? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I tell you this: as a as a Steelers fan, I would much rather Pittsburgh Tomlin keep that record than them make the playoffs. I know they would do both, but if I had to pick one, I'd take Tomlin. Because here's the thing: I'm spoiled. Pittsburgh made the playoffs last year, and it was a nuisance because mm, we had to see, see him get right, right, right. easy, right? I mean, like I, I do think Baltimore has the incentive for the tie because I think they lose the tiebreakers to the Chargers, so a tie is very valuable to them. So they both want it. So, so one, well, the one Ravens, and a half the Ravens need to win because they still have a shot to win the division. Well, more than a shot. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm saying if they point. have a tie, they don't have a shot. Let's get yeah, something that's straight: point. is the Ravens have how many losses? One more than the Bengals. All right, so you're, that's interesting. So if the Bengals win this week and the Ravens lose, that last week doesn't even matter. Yeah. Okay. But they're no, they're competing against the Chargers though for the four or five, and that that's really important because because you, you want to play Tennessee or yeah. Jack. Well, I don't, don't know how much play you want to play Jack. You don't want to. You don't want to be. You don't want to be the um, the six because then you have to play the three, which would be Cincinnati. I'll be honest. You want to be the. Well, you want to be the two and play. I don't Kansas think you want to play any of those top three teams. I don't think the seeding like who you, like matching up against someone. Nobody you wants to play the, Buffalo. Nobody wants to play Kansas five, City. You want to be the five so you can play the four. 
Yeah, I. You want to play Jacksonville, like the hottest team in the league well, right now, or the well, Bengals? Well, yeah, I don't think you want to play any of them. Is what I'm hey, saying. No, I want to play the way, Jacksonville. The way to play none of them is not to make the playoffs. <laughs> right, but I'm just saying. Otherwise, like, you either one of those four teams, or you're going to play one of those four. Teams. And there's three Super Bowl contenders in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go to Jacksonville. I mean, thank you. you. Do realize that on a neutral, Jacksonville is like a six point underdog. Well, Baltimore wants to. If Baltimore wins the division, Cincinnati's going to be the five seed. Okay. I'm just. So, I'm just talking about wild cards. I'm trying saying to, all wild, the, the wild cards have a motivation to get. To the five slot, yeah, because you want to play the winner of the South a lot more than any other team. I mean, is that how would, are you would you rather? That? I mean, you're, you'd way rather play Jacksonville than Baltimore. Baltimore wouldn't be. You're saying if somehow Baltimore wins the division, yes. Does it, okay, well, first, how would you calculate that? Until I mean, the, well, I can't, I'm asking you. I'm like, I'm saying, how would you calculate that as a team? Aren't we talking about team motivation? The teams are extra motivated. The wild card teams to get to the five slot. But you're right. Maybe that's an interesting question. Who would you rather play? If Lamar Jackson's there, I'd much rather play Jacksonville than play Baltimore. Now, when agreed. But when's Lamar supposed to come back? I don't know. Probably the, the play. He's come, supposed to come. Seem, he's supposed to come back in the play. It he's does a knee seem injury. like this is this is lingering. I think they're sitting Lamar this week. Because they've already beat Pittsburgh without him once, they think they can maybe sneak it again oh, and have him, think like no, have him his, full strength against Lamar's Cincinnati. Lamar's knee is going to be screwed up the rest of the year, and they're saving him for the playoffs. I'm pretty or, confident. Or is Lamar the one that's not wanting to play? Because because he kind of figured out this contracting was kind of stupid mm. that he went ahead. He got hurt. It was probably a millimeter away to blown that knee out. Mm. And, and I mean, how much does he want to play? So what are we seeing, McKenzie? Per the Baltimore Suns' Jonas Safer, there's little to no chance we see Lamar Jackson in Week 17. Okay, so that's this week we're talking. Okay, I I gotta. I mean, it, it wasn't it interesting when he got hurt. They were they were very vague about it. Harbaugh. And then there I, was that report. We'll see him Christmas Eve. Yeah, I wonder if he just went to him and said, "I'm not playing." Could be. My knee's bad. I I could force it, and they're covering up. It's, cr- it's crazy because like the Trevor Lawrence toe injury looked so much worse than Lamar Jackson's. I thought Lawrence yeah, was done for these, the year. Yeah, but you have no contact, you don't know, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, his contract's not up. Yeah, it's yeah, not I mean, they, Again, I respect, I, listen, I don't like, the thing about the Ravens is they're so tough, they're so tenacious. As a Steeler fan, you got to appreciate them. Right? You hate them, but you appreciate mm-hmm. them. I appreciate Lamar wanting to play without his contract. But you look at what Kyler Murray did, and we can say he's a, you know, a, 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 you know whatever, uh, C-U-N, whatever word, or we can say whatever we want, but he got a quarter billion, and Lamar could have lost that. I mean, again, I think we saw with Dak, you usually get your money, but with a running quarterback that blows out their knee, let's say, I'm not sure. I mean, we saw with RG3. You know, I don't know. But I tell you this, I've heard reports of Baltimore is thinking about putting putting the franchise on, not even negotiating in the offseason, put the franchise on him and let him and see what happens. Yeah, that's what I would do. I, I mean, which it makes him more uh, Lamar more of a hero in a way to play. But this is why you can never be too hard on the players. The the, the owners are so exploitive if they have a chance. They are that that you almost as much as you hate the way the players get sometimes it feels justified. Yeah. But I would say this: I'm impressed with Jacksonville, and I got them later. But I don't think you can put them even in – I mean, again, Baltimore's lost one game this year by more than five points. Is it Baltimore – who else has done that? I mean, even even the best teams. Has the Bills done that? I mean, what's their losses? I Bill, mean, Bills, I think, have all been good losses. Okay. So, Close losses. McKenzie, maybe we should pop it up, you think? <laughs> Let's take a gander. Yeah, Bills' losses have all been by three or less. 
And that's another positive Bills comment. No, that's, I mean, that's just me reading <laughs> I, the schedule. Fair enough. So let's see here. They lost to the Vikings by three, the Jets by three. Boy, those are not good losses. You think those are good losses? No. That's what you said? No, I uh, said they were all by less than three. Okay. You know, you said all good losses. I, th- I, I didn't no, I say didn't. good. I, uh, okay. I, I unfortunately. So who were the – boy, those are some bad – those are two – I mean, the Jets are a below-average team, At right? Dolphins, at Jets, home Vikings are three losses. The at Dolphins loss was a good loss. They um, they came down the final seconds. With a with a te- with a, with a um, concussion-prone quarterback? <laughs> he, he wasn't concussed yet. I think he had been a couple times. You got That's a whole conversation we'll get to. All right. So, so real quick, AJ, you as a GM would rather play the Baltimore Ravens than the Jacksonville Jacks? I, I, knowing that the health status of Lamar is up in the air, yeah, I think I'd rather play the I'd rather play the, the Ravens. Well, meaning knowing that we're not sure if you're going to get Lamar or not. Yeah, like just that doubt. It, so if you know what, if Lamar plays next week, I'd probably rather play the Jags. You but probably if. I would, and if he doesn't play, and his first game is the playoff game, You'd I'd rather, rather I'd rather play the Ravens. Whew. One one and done for AJ's GM year. I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fez just said the Ravens are, are worse than the Steelers. Like, are the are the Steelers better than the Lamar Jags? Jackson's not playing this this week. So so what what's your power rating say without <coughs> Lamar and with Lamar? A uh, healthy Lamar would bounce him up four and a half points. Um, I've got Baltimore, the 14th best team, one point worse than average. Um, I don't think Lamar's ever going to be healthy. All right, so so let's let's just just go up three. I mean, well, yeah, let's go up three. You don't know. Let's He'll be, be the honest. they'll be the seventh best team, two points better than average, and they'll be a uh, point. And how's that compared with Jacksonville? Point better, just a point better. Yeah. So really, what? <coughs> excuse you. Is what AJ's saying would be if we thought it was 50-50 that he plays, mm-hmm. you actually would rather play Jacksonville. That's true. But I'm by, very, by just doing the math. Yes, but I would I would lay minus eight hundred. That Lamar would play the playoff game. Now here is why well, I think I take that back. Here is, as, as the dog. Here is my question though: How does your power ratings account for the fact playoff games are different than regular season? Because I would make the point: Carolina against Tampa. There's something in that game that feels like a playoff game. That's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah. So that's something that we, we all in the NBA we convert for power, for for playoffs. This is a great point because immediately, like all those Laker teams, immediately all the LeBron teams. Every single one of them got two points better because the, they were had disparate energy or efforts during the regular season. Yes. Now I don't think any NFL team you can say that for. No, but you, I do think you can say that experience. all things being equal, Buffalo and Kansas City, I got equal, but experience, success, I got to have Kansas City rated higher than Buffalo in the playoffs. We'll get to this game because it's one of my. In fact, it's the next pick of mine. Ooh. So let's just do this. Cincinnati, Buffalo. I got a four on the Bengals. I got a one. Oh, awesome. Bengals. But first, let's consider this, how big this game is. If Buffalo wins this game, they probably are the number one seed, right? They got to win one more. If they lose, they're probably not. Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, is the buy that important? Well, yeah, against any team, even if you're a 12-point favorite or whatever, you can lose. You know, there's a real chance of losing. It's not just the buy. It's home field advantage for the next two games. Yeah. And I think it's even more important, which is this. If you're the one... You're playing the four most likely, and or the best you know the wild card that wins, and it's like how good are they? Well, maybe it's Baltimore, maybe it's Jacksonville. There's three good teams There's in the AFC. There's three good teams. Yeah, maybe so it's the Chargers. Every yeah. other yeah, and the Chargers are a, a true wild card. If they get hot, who knows what's uh-huh. going to happen, right? But my point is that anyone but the one is going to have to beat either 
Cincy, Kansas City, and Buffalo, two of those three. The two, three guys get screwed. Because and they're the going to have to be the, the last two rounds. Gets the clean path. I mean, think about it. Imagine if you're Kansas City and you had to play Cincy, Buffalo, Philly mm-hmm. to win. <laughs> But if you're the number one seed, it could be Jacksonville, then a home game, then the Super Bowl. Hell, it could be a bye, Tennessee, a home game, so it's a double bye. Oh, boy. Double bye, beat beat the Bengals, go to the Super Bowl. And that home game could be a blizzard. So, so yeah. what I'm saying is, like, this is a pick, pretty much a pick'em game with a big stakes on who's going to win the Super Bowl. Yes. So, and, and very interesting. I just think, just like we said, Fez, the the math is just wrong on this. Cincinnati, by some of these power ratings, is the best team in the NFL. I would make the following. Now, in our composite power rating, we got them number one in the NFL. So Kevin Cole has them third. Uh, Football Outsiders has them sixth. The pregame EPA minus luck has them first. And Neflo, that we really like, or some say NFL ELO, I don't know how that works, is 7.6. He has them number one. So we got him one. Buffalo is two. Philly is three. Kansas City, four. Okay. And, and San Fran's five. That all sounds generally right. But why is the best team, or maybe the best team, getting points at home? And let's be honest, Buffalo is a pretty good home field. Since he has a decent home field. Well, when when since he's good, they got a very good home. Field. Yeah, that's what I'm yep. saying. So now they did the right tackle, right? Is that Collins? How? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, but otherwise, Josh Allen, and again, I, I will have AJ defend this. He he the he was thrown at the bear. It's almost like he had. If you tell me Josh Allen was throwing the game, <laughs> I would say that that it looked correct. Because he threw, what, three passes right to the Bears that yeah. they couldn't catch? I mean, he seems like he's somehow got a concussion and they can't see. I heard people saying he's like Wyoming, Josh Allen. Mm. Like, literally, like he's throwing that way now. You know what I think it is? This, I'm the only one to say this. I haven't heard it. His arms hurt. His ulnar nerve. Right. Elbow, yep. Let's say it takes him down 5%. Let's yeah. say. The difference between him and every other quarterback in the league, except maybe Mahomes, is he can make throws – you know how when an old player starts can't doing what he think his brain thinks he can do? Kenny Stabler. Or or any NBA player, they get horrible. They go from like good to horrible because they, they don't have a humble game. Josh Allen doesn't have a humble game because he shouldn't. He has a cannon. He's a gunslinger. But now his gun has a little little yeah. cog in it. Something's wrong with it. And thus he's a little late, he's a little slow, and he's he, the throw's like, why is he throwing it there? Because he could have put it through there before. But and, now he's not the same guy. And the key is we don't need the Bengals. It might never be the same. We don't guy. need the Bengals to be the best team. We just need them to be in the same category. Which they're, they a home, they're effectively they're a home, home underdog. Yes, and and you know pulling back the curtain. This works in college basketball also. Whenever you you get like the number one team playing the number two team or the number three team, the home team and the home field advantage on that game magnifies because intensity of the game exactly. And plus, if you're the number two and you're at home, there's that little brother you want. You know, since he hasn't gotten the respect, disrespected. We're twenty and three against the spread. The AFC defending champions, and we're an underdog to these Bills who have never won nothing. And it brings up another point: the Bills in Kansas City a couple weeks ago. Let's say when since he played Casey, you would say at that time they were considered even teams. The Bills were better early in the year. Mm-hmm. They dropped off ever since the ulterior whatever nerve. It, it's been about even with those two, right? Yes. 
And Buffalo was a two and a half point favorite in that game. Went to what two at close, maybe? Kansas City, yeah. Two oh, I'm sorry, close. Kansas City. Yeah. That's right. So now Cincinnati's only been dominant since. Beating good teams. I mean, da- remember that that gauntlet they had to run at the end of the year and how Baltimore had the division locked up, even though they had the same record? Well, they've just gone through that gauntlet. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, people bet the Bengals under 10 wins, not because they're anti-Bengal, but they're like, oh, that schedule, it's going to catch up to them. So I look at it and say that, that, that if anything, the Bengals have been upgraded more than Buffalo during that time, and why would it be then that they're only still a one-point dog when they were a two-point dog to Kansas City, which was a commensurate team? And in the interim... Cincinnati's been more impressive than Buffalo. Makes no sense. This has been a game of the year line, and it's basically been Cincy plus two like the past six weeks. So, I mean, and I think it's just a matter of, oh, we've got this game. Yeah, it's on the game of the year. It's Cincy's supposed to be a small underdog. And the bookmakers just kept copying the number week after week. And Cincy's been getting bet. Like, I mean, the Sharps have loved Cincy. Yeah. There's been a real – because they were getting bet in a kind of a, a, almost an illogical way five or six weeks ago. The only week it didn't happen was last week against New England. That was the first time we didn't see Cincy support. I think that was New England They were up 20 nothing. <laughs> 22. 22. 22. 22 nothing. 22. By the way, I don't want to make A.J. mad. Highest, I'm just going to give facts. Highest turnover-worthy plays on the season. So the highest number, the most might be the way to say that. But Josh Allen, number one, 29. To put that in perspective. Joe Burrow has less than half as many. Matt Ryan, 23. All that dude does is get strip-sacked on every third play. <clears throat> you know something? McKenzie's just giggling as he puts his stuff up. I can hear him. Offensive EPA since week nine. Buffalo, number 11. Bengals, number one. Is, the Bengals, is, is this the best like cover ATS team? They, they're like fifteen seen? and three or something, well, right? But Bur- Barton Burrow nineteen and three in his last twenty two starts ATS. <sighs> like, has there ever been a run like this where Kansas a team City for had two a hell straight of a, years? Kansas City had a hell of a run like mid year to mid year mm-hmm. during the Super Bowl. Year. I still remember Humphreys from the Chargers in like ninety two, ninety three. They started 0 and like four. thirteen in a row. They started zero and four. And they finished eleven straight. They finished eleven and five. And all, the, all this team and does rolled is cover the playoffs spreads. too. They, well, I think they rolled until they played San Francisco. Yes. <laughs> I think that was that year, right? That was the Papuna wide open at Pittsburgh game. I would have covered that game. So, myself. AJ, answer for the Bills. I don't have to answer for the Bills. What I do you mean? I, I'm not picking the Bills here. <laughs> What's the, your thoughts on the game? The Bills keep winning games. I, I don't want to – I feel like the – I guess the the numbers guys, the the same people that tell me the Vikings suck every week have soured on the Bills, and all the Bills do is just keep winning games. I've never seen a team like sit here. You th- love those advanced stats when they were back in the Bills early I, in the year. I've never seen a team sitting at twelve and three that people are like, big disappointment. Big disappointment. It's crazy talk. <laughs> oh, the Vikings do suck, though. That's okay. You keep thinking, and then they're gonna, you're going to keep saying, "Oh, they're going to they're going to lose." Well, and then here's they, the thing, they are going to probably lose before the Super Bowl, and all the people who say they suck is going to. They're all going to think they're right. Yeah. And it, 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 Except it, only one team wins it. So yeah. I'm going to say every team sucks and be right most of the yeah. time. <laughs> Bengal, Bengals have won their last four primetime home games. Four and one ATS in their last five primetime home games. That can't. So AJ, they, they, they joking, played a prime time. Oh, that must have been in Cleveland. All joking aside, AJ, your job here isn't to defend your ego. Your mm-hmm. job is to try to enlighten the the audience. So tell me what you think of this game. I think that this line is probably about right. I think bu- Buffalo is slightly better. Cincinnati's got home field. Cincinnati's, uh, you but know, you Scott said more, it. Do you have to be more than slightly better to be a one point favorite on the road? Yeah. I mean, in theory, it's three and a half points, right? In a frenzied environment on a Monday night football game. Okay. Then I guess I think Buffalo is more than slightly better. 
but it, it feels what like made you like Chicago last week. Chicago's offense was keeping up with other high-powered offenses at home, and in this game, they just Justin Field had a couple couple plays that where he was making a play that he made the week before that covered the game against Philly that he couldn't make against Buffalo, and Buffalo put up a couple late touchdowns that, that got the game ugly. The um, here's what I would say: <laughs> I looked, I really looked at Buffalo this week, the whole season. When their defense has played well, and I'm talking about more than five games worth, let's say, they have one of the best, if not best, defense in the league. I mean, Was I, that pre-Von Miller injury? Eh, that's interesting. It certainly has – the funny thing is it's, it has been somewhat lately too. McKenzie, do you want to throw up their, um, their uh, the, the plus-minus to expectation off the super sheet? Yeah. Offense, defense. And their offense at various points – have been as good as any team in the league. So, like, literally, it's within Buffalo's capability to have the best offense and the best defense in the league. There's very few teams you can say that about in, in a decade. Mm-hmm. I also think it's very possible the Bills at their low end have, like, the 10th best offense and the 10th best defense. So I think their number, their, their defense and offense ranges about from 1 to 10, maybe 1 to 12 on defense, maybe. And... I don't know which one it is. Meaning, I think they could be like slightly above average, or you know, more than that. But like the sixth best team in the league, or they could be the best team of the last five years. It feels like mm-hmm. we just haven't seen them put it together. So, real quick, if we look at them versus per, um, versus projection, all right. So, what is projection? It says based upon the spread, what is the the team totals of each team, right? Is and as we look at this now, their defense in the last games have uh, been three points. So this is a negative number is a good number, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they held the team to three points less, 10 points more, four points less, nine points less, and I'm rounding here. All right. So just looking at these last games, three of the last four games, they've held their opponents under the points expected. But look at where they were earlier in the season, which is obviously pre-Von Miller injury. Pre- well, yeah, but you're right. They, but there was a middle, a lot of the middle there that was Von Miller was healthy. They didn't do well at all. They actually they, they were getting outscored or outscored expectation, right? Yeah, they're they're fourth in DVOA full year. Defensive ninth since Von Miller got hurt. Yeah, so I think if you it's still add, good, but yeah, but, but I think what we saw is at the beginning of the year. They were minus 12, meaning 12 less, 3 less, 3 less, 12 less, 5 less, 1 less. Then they went 1, 2, 3, 4 games with, with the team's outscoring expectation. And now there's been 3 out of 4 under expectation. So it feels like they were great. They were more towards average. And now they're good. Feels like they were whole. They had to adjust when Von Miller goes out. But now they figured, went out just a couple weeks ago. Now they figured themselves out. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm trying to say is there was an adjustment period. Yeah, but but I right, but I guess we're splitting hairs. Yeah. So if we look at the offense, we saw at the beginning of the year they actually weren't that good. Like Mackenzie, just some from th- yeah eleven three back. So the first X number, how many games is that? At seven games, they were minus one and a half. So they actually had scored less points than they were expected through seven games. But now that's wild considering what they did to the Rams and the Titans well, it, and the Steelers look, in the you, first few weeks. But they scored uh, against the Steelers. They Well, you, they scored um, against the Rams. They scored 12 more points. But from there, the, the, the other six games of the first seven, they were down like 13 points. That's crazy. Yeah. They scored 41 against Tennessee. Okay, so now as we look at – oh, okay, so yeah. All right, so now as we look at the last couple games here, they've outscored by 11 against Chicago – by seven against Miami, 
They underscored against the Jets. And then they were pretty even for a while. So what I see is this. They're both they're kind of becoming middle ground on offense and defense. The defense is better than it was mid-year, but not as good as it was early in the year. The offense is better than it was early in the year, but not as good as it was mid-year. But really, the offense has, if anything, the offense is the best now. I mean, what, except for the very beginning of the year, when has the offense been good? The last two games, best OPS of the last uh, of the Bill season. Of course, they got to play the Bears, who have like the worst defense. But in the but, league. but that's built into the expected yeah. points, right? I mean, that that's the the odds saying is not just points, right? So and then so they so in a weird way, this worries me about them to be honest, because no one thinks they played well. Like last week didn't look good. So the fact that this is one of the better games tells me that what we can expect late. So Mackenzie, do me a favor, go from game three. Two, two games ago. See, all right, so the middle, how many games is this? 11. 11 games on the year. They averaged, how many points in some were they under what they expected? Two and a half per game. Per game. So how many points in total? 26. So they scored 26 less points than expected if you lose the first two games and the last two. But those four were really good games. Yes. So if if this is a trend that Buffalo's starting to have the offense come together, then they're fine. If not, I like Kansas City to win the the AFC. I, I just don't this does not look like if the Bills weren't the Bills, if they were just some blind resume, we would not be excited about this team. Yes, I, I agree with that. And also I got concerned about Buffalo. All right, and this is one of those things where RJ looks at me like the crazy uncle no, at, the, at, at the holiday table. <laughs> um, there are intangibles about, that have happened in the city of Buffalo that are very negative here. So obviously we all know about that snowstorm where the game, they got moved and they had an extra road game they had to go to, to Detroit. That wears on you, all right? But this past Christmas, I don't know if you saw it, they had another epic snowstorm with multiple feet of snow. Like, nope. Like, there's, is, is this global warming? No, it's the opposite. It's global oh, freezing. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's the polar vortex. Literally, there are still cars that have been, like, on highways that, they, that, that people can't recover. So what do you think the effect of the team is? I think it, it, total disruption to their, their schedule. People are saying they can't even get to the airport. They can't travel. Uh, they can't get to their jobs. I, and I know you're saying, oh, these, well, they got people they pay. Like, the, from what I'm seeing, the entire city of Buffalo got shut down during the Christmas week. I, I would say this I think you can have accumulated fatigue, both emotionally and physically. I think the buy is even more important for the Bills. If the Bills play this tough yes. game and don't get to buy, who's our, week, who's our last game against? Patriots, home Patriots. Okay. That's interesting because, in theory, that might not matter. Well, I guess if they lose, they still could always come back. So Kansas City, huh? This let's just say this: this is a fascinating end of the season yes. for, for the AFC. It's the best Monday night game we've had in a long time. Yeah, it's a good game. Um, anyone? Uh, I mean, AJ didn't really make a point about the Bills. Anyone got anything pro Bills to say? <sighs> I mean, it, it doesn't look good, does it? I feel like we're all on the Bengals. We, we need we need something to tease your Steelers with. So let's tease uh, tease us some Bengals. See, but we got to get one and a half, right? We got to get it up to seven and a half. We yeah, don't have to get one and a half, but we got to get it to well, seven and a half. Well, I'm not laying extra big. I'll lay extra. Big. I don't like because this could be a high variance game. Let's, I don't really uh, think it is. I, I'd be surprised. From behind, I don't like that. I'd, at all. I'd be very surprised if this was a blowout. I think it's going to be a close game. But it's a high total. I understand, but I still think it's going to be close. I'm going to find something better. I All think right. the there is better. I think preseason expectations, which Ooh. were were wild on Buffalo. What about the Browns? Have made everybody just sour on them more than they should be. But you've got to admit they've underperformed. 
Yeah, Cleveland. As much as a 12 and 3 team can. Yeah. I guess so. Hey, like, did you or did you not say, well, this could be an undefeated team? I didn't say that. Tennessee. Yes, you did. It's, it was, it's on tape, man. Oh, well. well they could have been. I mean, look at their Check it out. The show. <laughs> well, that's a good point. They, they could have been lost undefeated. <laughs> they were all good losses. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. If I said they could go undefeated after week two, I'm sure I, I'm sure there was no hyperbole or sarcasm. It was no, one... you were like, it might be crazy, but hey, man. They, you said they would... should have been undefeated last year after they lost to the Steelers. After week one, they should have been one and <laughs> <laughs> You're right. All right. That's my four with really no one bucking me, it seems. Now, the next four would be A.J. Hoffman, and he's on – oh, wait, you had that Arizona Yeah, also. Arizona, yep. All right, so now we're going to go to Scott, Side, and Totalberg. What's your four, bud? The Green Bay Packers over the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, God, he's Playing doing his voice three again. Three and a half. Yeah, I'm not happy about the three and a half, but I still think that the, the Packers are the right side of this game because the Vikings seem to have failed every big test that we have thrown at them, right? Doesn't it feel that way? Well, the, they are 12 and three. Yeah, but now, come on, Fez, where do you have them ranked? Mediocre team, right? I have them the worst team in the history of 12 and three teams. <laughs> Number 16. Yeah, if we look at our pregame composite uh, margins here, we should have Green Bay as a .8, Minnesota as a minus .7. Looks accurate to me. So that's a 1.1 difference. Then what do you give Green Bay for being home at Lambeau Field? Well, normally three, but since it's a division game and Minnesota's used to it, I might knock it down to two. But then, again, it's a soft dome team that that – Precision is tantamount for Kirk Cousins and, and Justin Jefferson. So playing in the tundra, two and a half, Scott. So then 3.5 seems accurate, right? No, because you're going through the. Uh, well, well, we, would, we were already through. We had the numbers if together. You're, so if you're two, yeah. So if you're two, yeah, three and a half is accurate. Yes. So three and a half is fairly accurate. Fairly, so anyone yes. saying that this is a shocking spread, it's not true. And it's as simple as this, guys. We got Kirk Cousins not at 1 o'clock Eastern yeah. time. He's 21-31 and 31 against the spread when he when he plays at 4 o'clock Eastern time. He's just not the same quarterback. We know that. The Packers, meanwhile, have won 14 straight games in the month of December. That ties the second longest streak in NFL history. And the Packers just have this renewed sense of confidence, right? The, the, the staring now at a possibility of making the playoffs. They have a better DVOA than Minnesota, both on offense and defense. They're 11th overall in DVOA in the NFL. And it just makes sense that this team, despite the record, is favored over the Vikings. They're a better team right now. Everyone's favorite over the Vikings. This sounds like what I said last week about the Packers, and everybody looked at me like I'm a mutant. What, <laughs> what is different now that like suddenly the Packers are this bettable team? No, they passed the test last week. Uh, is that was that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They concussed the quarterback and they won the game. They came back. They came back from ten down. So there, character. There are there are trends. Um, if you look at the last time that we have teams with a high winning percentage, it's an underdog you know, late in the year, and they don't do well against the spread. Ooh, I think RJ's mentioned that so, about premium teams doing poorly. Yeah, so yes. this is the, let's see, um, previous nine teams listed as, here we go, this is the ninth, this is the tenth time in the last 20 years where a team that is under 500 straight up is favored, oh, cracking the beer already, <laughs> over a team that Already, has, it's almost midnight. Yeah, that has a team with an 80% win percentage or higher. In December or later. So we have a team that's under 500, and we have a team that has an 80% winning percentage or greater. So that point the sub 500 is a favorite. Saying, what we're saying is the values on Minnesota. I'm telling you that the previous nine times that's happened, 
the team that was favored, the mm-hmm. sub 500 team, nine and zero straight up, eight zero and one against the spread. All right, that's strong. So this would be very similar to a situation where all the outward uh, lie or signs point to there's value on Minnesota, but that means that there's going to be enough betting on Minnesota from the squares to put real value on the Green Bays of the world here. Yeah, I think the number's accurate. If you go by our metrics, the number's accurate. It should be north of a field goal, and it is north of a field goal. And we know how important that is, crossing over the three here. And I mentioned, uh, by all the DVOA metrics, the Packers are a better team right now than the Minnesota Vikings. When you say right now, what do you mean? Like right now? the season? Yeah. Okay. To this point? Here's the thing that makes me kind of like, or at least not want Minnesota. And I almost played Minnesota here. And I mentioned Cousins not at 1 o'clock. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but I will say this, is I think Green Bay is a little overrated right now. But I think Minnesota is really playing poorly. If you actually look at it, so Minnesota won by, or based on EPA, won by three the last game. Uh, that was the uh, amazing, well, let me think about that. Who was, oh, I was against the Gi- Giants. Giants. Yeah. I thought, and I actually thought the Giants should have won by like one. Yeah, but you, you've said that for every Minnesota game, right? right? That's true. <laughs> All right, so at some point, that, you're missing clutch. something, it's right? Clutch. yeah. All right, now, but here's what's interesting. The week before, minus 17. You might say, wait a minute, they beat the Colts. But if you actually look at the times of that game that the uh, was garbage time, they scored 17 of their points in garbage time. So, amazingly, they won the game, but were minus 17 by the EPA without garbage time. The rare time. instance where the garbage time was not garbage. Well, but it was <laughs> in a way. that It was just a shocker that yeah. they continued to come back. Yes. Then um, the week before, they lost by 17. Uh, which game was that? that was the Lions. The Lions. They ended up losing by 11, but that was garbage time. Yeah. So, really, if you look at it, they've been behind gigantically mm-hmm. against the Lions, gigantically against the Colts. And they squeaked one out against the Giants. They haven't played. And then a couple games before that, they lost by 26 to the Cowboys. Yep. 40 so to 3. Yep. I would make the case that in the last one, two, three, four, five, six weeks, they've had three of the worst performances of any team in the whole NFL. Team stinks. As I say, they failed every test their defense against top is, teams. Their defense is terrible. They got Justin Jefferson, and he's all world. Very little else. And but- Kirk Cousins also is the wor- least profitable quarterback in the NFL after a straight up win. Okay, but but one last thing on this. I, I don't mean to cut, yeah. get away from your point. Except for the Philadelphia-Minnesota game. Prior to those games I just talked about, there has there were zero games that Minnesota wasn't uh, positive. So they won by 17 against Green Bay, 3-12-14 by 9.23. So it, it, this isn't the normal team. The team played very well up until that Dallas game. Mm-hmm. They played pretty good after that for two games, and now for three games they've played bad or average. And th- to me, this is by far the worst three-game run they've been on. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not so much Minnesota's bad in the year. It's they're in a bad stretch right now. Yeah, but look at what they've done against, uh, I guess, teams that I guess you can look at DVOA and say that the Packers are better, which is what I'm saying they are, against some of the top teams. You know, the, the performance against the, the Cowboys was pathetic. Uh, Agreed. Against you know, Philadelphia was bad. Philadelphia was bad. Against the Bills, you know, it was a miracle win. Well, but still, listen, you yeah. get the win. Yeah, you get the win there, sure. That was a good loss by the Bills. Good. That was a great loss yeah, by yeah, the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. Not even good. It's better than most wins. Yeah. yeah. Most. And, and I, like I said, I, I you have a, a Packers team that's got this renewed sense of confidence now with the uh, op, with the, the ability to make the playoffs. 
after what they went through this season to be where they are now, Rodgers getting a little more comfortable, Christian Watson a chance to win Offensive Rookie of the Year if he has a good final two games. You know something, though? Maybe this is anecdotal, but isn't it the case that when a team feels like they're out of it and then they win an improbable series of games and they get to the cusp of, like, if they win this game— You're saying false confidence? No, I, I think it's a, if they win this game, they now control their destiny or whatever. That that's Just like Detroit last week, there was a sense of, could this happen? And then it was like, wow, this might happen. This is going to happen. They just got to win this. And they come back down to earth. Then they, it feels like this is where the ebb and flow of the story Green Bay drops off here. And, and again, that's just. Maybe it's next week. <laughs> yeah, no, it's part. But I'm saying in general, I mean, AJ, you've watched a lot of sports. Doesn't that seem to be the way? Yes. I don't know why. Maybe Come on, don't start... you want to see that game flexed next week to have the Lions and Packers play for a chance to get into the playoffs? Yeah. And if we're back to the whole conspiracy theory. Right? Would Maybe make Sunday Night Football a great game next week. All right, any closing thoughts on this one? It, the, the Vikings will know by the time they kick off if the Eagles have won, they can't be the one seed. So now Say that one more time. If the Eagles win their game, which is in the early window, by the time the Vikings kick off, they may have no shot at the one seed, be locked into the two seed. And just, but are they locked into the two? San Francisco is... I guess they'd have to lose both, and San Francisco would have to win both. So, no, they wouldn't be locked in. Yeah. So let's agree to this. If Philly wins, Minnesota's motivation decreases. Yes. Agreed. Okay. All right. Next up, Steve Fezzik's three-star is – or three-weight. Three-weight. New England Patriots. Ooh, minus two going back to the wow. Against Miami. Yeah, You know – I've this, sworn off the wow. This, this surprises me. Okay, because I went ahead and made the adjustment for Tua. I looked at the power ratings for the two teams. What's the adjustment for Tua? Uh, I hope it's not like one and a half. Hold on. I knew you were going to ask me that. It's like it's better be at least three and a half. Oof. Three points. All right. Well, when you've said, you said the, the adjustment from Kyler to Colt McCoy wasn't that great because Kyler hadn't been Kyler, Tua sucked for a month now. Mm, I don't know if that's true. I know, what I know is Teddy Bridgewater, we're going on memory at this point because he hasn't looked good at all. I, you know, I, and my, I, I would argue that my number is probably too high on Miami because Bridge, I've got a three point downgrade. Bridgewater I have is a minus two, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been playing like Gardner Minshew or no. any of these other really good backup well, minus quarterbacks. Minus two is an average backup, right? Minus, no, minus 3.25 okay. is average. So minus okay. two is elite. Minus okay. two is. You know, he, he had limited games so far, but it hasn't been good. Minus two is like, you know, Wentz, Heineke type of level of backup quarterback. Um, Wentz is a starter, right? He's starting this, this week. This week, yes, yes. Yeah, I think he's when a When he doesn't have a broken in, thumb. In, hinds- in hindsight, yeah. looking at the Colts, he was so much better than Matt Ryan ever dreamed of being. That's true. So, I mean, how bad is he? I don't know. Yeah. He's not that bad. Yes. Um, and this is this is just with my current power rings. But the more I look at Miami, I got a question whether I got Miami overrated. If we look at, and I love this tool, that uh-huh. pregame research. If you look at how Miami. Kenzie championed this. If you look at how Miami's playing since week 13, wowza. This mm. team sucks. This team is eight points worse than an average team the last four weeks. Their competition. Their with competition. their competition that they played without, with nary a, 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 they haven't come close. No, so let's look at this. they down by 16 in week 13, down by seven, down by three, down by eight. So there is nothing to recommend, oh, like Miami suddenly, like Miami's clearly, for whatever reason, performing much, much worse than they had earlier in the year. Look at these streaks. I'm going to start from the beginning of the year. Three games, they were plus, all pluses. Uh, 
Oh, I guess plus 18, minus 5, plus 2. Okay, so, okay, they did well in that first game, not so much otherwise. Okay, then they had three games, minus 11, minus 18, minus 14. Skylar Thompson, backup quarterback, bad, Teddy bad, Bridgewater. Bad, yeah. Then they had five, four games, five games, plus 6, plus 6, plus 4, plus 21, plus 18. Tua, MVP. Then the last four, minus 16, minus 7, minus 3, minus 8. This has been a streaky team. No doubt. Now, Here's why I think this is meaningful, and I'm down on Minnesota or on Miami. San Francisco came in and played a certain way against them. I won't try to regurgitate the X's and O's, but it, it was pretty much don't give them the short, easy ones, chuck them at the line, but play safe deeper. So it's like you get the best of both worlds in a way, but then in theory, the middle is open, right? Because you're going deep, they should be able to beat the man to man. But Tua supposedly throws to a spot. In his mind, he's not waiting to see even the beginning. It's timing. It's a timing throw, not any sense of seeing it. They say the best quarterbacks can see it just soon enough that it's still a timing throw, but there's some indication that it's going to be good before they throw. Tua doesn't have the arm for that, apparently. He has to throw a little early. Which is why you see a lot of incompletions where the receiver's not there because he's throwing to a spot. And exactly. I've never seen this before. Like, the eye test, the announcers. Like, I've never heard this before. Like, like one of the ex-quarterbacks was like, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, like he's incredulous. But I think Scott described like, this no, very well. Yeah, where no quarter, no pro quarterback would ever throw that ball because he's not sure where the receiver's going no, yet. He's throwing to a spot because it's predetermined in his mind. The play is calling for the... The Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle to be in that spot, but the receiver sometimes has, has to modify the route, and yeah, but, he's but, not looking at it. He's just three step drop, five step drop, seven step drop, and throwing to a spot. And here's the thing: you got to be able to throw with anticipation in the league, so you're usually not seeing it then throwing. But there's that that third of a second, whatever it is, where you see Kelsey or whoever is making the right turn that you want him to, then you throw with anticipation. You see a little indicator, yeah. then anticipate. He's throwing without the indicator, and the defenses now know it, and they're screwing him up. They're, the things they're doing is forcing changes of the route. And- and and, it, and look, it's been bad, bad, bad. Now and he's the not Patriots should be here, uniquely but... qualified to take advantage of a younger quarterback that's got tendencies like this. You got to wonder though, but now he's it's probably not going to play. So it, yeah, it's Teddy Bridgewater. He's not playing. Well, it's going to be it's so be Teddy. Bridgewater. We've all known the nickname, right? Teddy covers because he's just he does so well. He's twenty four and seven against the spread on the road in his career. But, but Obama was president for a lot of those. But he's one and four. ATS in his last five. That's what it seems like. So it's not been the same Teddy Bridgewater that we've seen over the past several years. Plus, what kind of tor- let's be honest here. What are the odds that we see at all to a play the rest of the year? Meaning, I don't think so. Unlikely. I mean, there, I'm talking playoffs. I, I brought up the point. I'm talking playoffs. I don't think they make oh, the playoffs if Tua doesn't come that's back. Good, yeah. That's a good point because I, you know, I, I I brought up this point. I forget what hit I was doing, but I was saying that if Tua should happen to get seriously injured, all right, he goes he goes and plays with what happened previously, where he was supposedly maybe concussed, maybe not. Then he had the serious concussion. Well, now there's a sense of three concussions. Medical liability for the Dolphins if they put him out there and he suffered a major head trauma injury. Would so be off not, the they charts. got him. They got him. They they're indemnified fifty ways. A the Sunday. insurance company. No, will go they're indemnified fifty ways a Sunday. But the, okay. the PR side of it is big. Yes, is bigger. It's we're talking billions. Yes, and, and to me, you got to wonder. They might play him in the playoffs. They might not if they make the playoffs. 
And if they don't, it will be the most amazing thing ever. Because here's the thing. They were like a half a game from the playoffs two years ago. They were a half a game from the playoffs last year. And then if they miss, they're going to miss by a smidge. <laughs> yeah. They will have the most wins in three years without making the playoffs of any team in history. That, that, that I will guarantee. But, but here's the thing. They're thinking if he gets one more concussion, he might have to retire. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, this is a major problem. Who knows what kind of problem it's going to be in the long term? But I'm saying you can't get four concussions in one year. Yeah. No. And one of them, which what paralyzed him for like 30 seconds on the field when, he, when his hands were all freaking out. That's when he had the bad neck? <laughs> this is a, it's a scary situation. Yeah, it wasn't even a concussion. Don't worry. It, it is. <laughs> but what I'm saying is a knee how, how much is that distracting the team right now? Because to some degree, let's not forget this. He supposedly now they said he had a concussion during this game and he, yes. f- he finished the game. Yes. Yep. So the guy that's been the the poster child of their medical not, staff has already been fined. They're not yeah. being. I think they fired yeah. multiple people yeah. before this week. So he's already been like so permissive on letting him out there. He's a small looking quarterback anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. He looks like a kid out there, and he's getting the hell kicked out of him. And they just keep sending him out. Do you think they can possibly do it again when he's trying to sell that team? Team, isn't he? I, I can't. I can't imagine him playing the rest of the regular season. Uh, uh, Playoffs what? is a different story. Is it? I think so. I mean, I know it is. If they think they can win anything, mm-hmm. if they can't, maybe they take a real. Maybe if I'm that owner, how much better is Tua again, all, all banged up than Bridgewater? I'm not sure. A well, I'll bit. tell you what. Yeah, if, if, Teddy, little... if Teddy wins the next two games. Then I think that's a different conversation. And if he doesn't win the next two, they don't they make, won't the make the playoffs. Exactly. So it'll fix, and they're not going to win this game. So it's not. Well, I don't know about this. What I'm saying is, this is a major crisis within this organization that yeah. can't help but distract them right here. That's a good point. I agree. All right. Any closing thoughts? Are the Dolphins against a Patriots team that doesn't seem to get margin from anybody? Are the Dolphins a good teaser leg? Two and a half. Ooh. Now, you, no. you can't think that because you like the other side. No, but. because the line's going to close 3.2, so it's a horrific teaser. Okay. So you think so you feel good this is going up? Yes. So if you like it's it. It's already going up. It's going to go. I think it's going to go to 3.2. But d- did it go up because of Tua? Yes, it did. It's already, the line's already flipped because of Tua. Yeah, yeah. but so what I'm saying is. Ooh, is ooh. That's one thing. I, I, it was plus two early in the week. New England was plus two. So there's been a, a gigantic line move. Okay. But, but. So you see it continuing because of what? Because, because of just belief? Be, because of the, the, the narrative of the Dolphins are, not the narrative, the correct assessment that the Dolphins, who have been a fine team all year long, have absolutely been scuttling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Mr. Dave Esler, who lives in Miami, or lives in the Florida area, we'll say. But he Del Boca grew- Vista? <laughs> I'll be in the pool house. <laughs> That's one of the great lines. Uh, <laughs> All right. Dave Astor grew up in Boston. He made his bones in Boston. This is a perfect game for him. Let's listen. I love and I bet the Patriots, Dolphins, under 42 points this weekend. And now we know Teddy Bridgewater is under center. While I do not think he's three or four points worse than Tua, he is worse. Not worse enough that Denver might wish they still had him, however. Uh, he's played two games this season, thrown three interceptions, and believe it or not, New England and Belichick is one team he's never played against. And say what you will about the Patriots' offense, they do have a top-five defense. Belichick certainly knows how to stop Tyreek Hill. He's done it multiple times. So the Dolphins aren't lighting up the scoreboard, not with a 40% chance of rain and wind at 10 to 20 miles an hour. Then there is the Patriots' offense, which is not fixable this season. Max Jones has all but lost the team. 
and his antics with Matt Patricia haven't set well with anyone. As far as home field advantage, I'm not sure New England even has one anymore. I think if Jones throws a pick or the Patriots go three and out in their first series, they'll get loudly booed. New England fans expected a drop-off without Brady, but nowhere near this. And I've been expecting some changes in play calling, and I've seen none. It's gotten worse. I think they'll come out playing not to lose. Very atypical. I don't think Miami will score. I think this game stays well under 42 points. Under, he says. What do you think, Fez? I agree. It makes a lot of sense. Got some rain and winds, potentially. 10 to 20. Patriots not flexible, fixable this season. Somehow, you know the thing we got to figure out? How in the heck in our composite power ratings is New England 7? They're better than Miami. They got good numbers. And let's look at it. Who are they clearly worse than here? Meaning the first six are clear. Cincy, Buffalo, Philly, KC, San Fran, Dallas, New, and then New England. The irony is that for years and years, New England was like the best team in the league, and they were like number 11 in the numbers. So now, oh, that's interesting. Now Miami's next to them. We think New England's better now. Baltimore, I think Baltimore's better. I think so. Cleveland, Tampa. I mean, Tampa's below average, according Mm -hmm. to some people. Green Bay, Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville's probably playing better now, but we're not talking to the season. The Chargers are still below average. (laughs) Chargers are better than the Patriots. Chargers are better than the Patriots, yeah. Yeah, Maybe now, maybe not. I mean, I guess the number, just because you say it with the bass in your voice doesn't mean it's true. The numbers say they're not near as good. All right. Dolphins were three point favorites at LA. Was that true? Yeah. Oh, wait. They didn't have both $20 million receivers, though. No, they only had one. Just one. Every single analyst on the national TV program picked the Chargers to lose that game to Miami. Well, of course. Yeah. They, they, he needs both. He needs the win to be. He's like a golfer that only golfs in certain conditions, this guy. Uh, you know what's funny? I've enjoyed this recently. They've been talking about the best quarterbacks. They never put him in there now. It's always who's going to be the next generation. We know Mahomes is the leader, but we got Josh Allen, we got Burrow, we got Hurts, you hear now. But then it's like, and then you got that other group headed up by Herbert. Like, there's like the C group now. They're putting, you him, know in, what? They're putting him in Bo- the group with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yes. You know what? Yeah. That's Bo- actually it. Obviously, Mahomes number one, but um, Herbert might be too. He really might be. I'm a huge believer in Herbert. I think he's great. No, I would take Burrow over Herbert right now. I, of course I would, but it could change. AJ. It could change. Not me. Herbert, <laughs> Not me. Is, Herbert is amazing. You hear that, Justin? I know he listens. You hear that? <laughs> Here's what I would say. is If it was for the next year, I think it's Burrow and it's for sure. Yeah. Or for any given year, meaning if you said that from the beginning of this year on, you can have him for this year, I want Burrow. I just don't think he'll have the longevity. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, Burrow's going to get a, 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 a chronic knee injury or something. And, and Herbert is a stud. I mean, you know, not enough for me to put his poster on my wall like some people, but he's a stud. I got a fat head in my office. <laughs> he does have a fat head. <laughs> All right. Next game. What do we got going? AJ? Oh, it's It'll be your three weight. All right. What could that be? The me... Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, Speaking Trevor of Lawrence Trevor. Finally has me. Listen. I got to be honest with you. We almost got caught up in the, maybe I did a little bit, in the worst possible thing. So all the Sharps liked Jacksonville early in the year. They lost a lot of close games. They missed a lot of covers. You know what happens? You get mad at the team. Screw them, Jags. And then all of a sudden they get hot. And now we think, wait a minute. You add up when they were hot and when they had some bad losses. They've been damn good the whole year pretty much. I think that's where we are with the Jags, and I, I was a little obscured by my anger at all the losses they caused me. What do you think, Fez? 
I agree. And I was concerned about Jacksonville looking ahead to next week. You know, basically that's probably the game that's going to decide if they make the playoffs. But then Doug Peterson came out and emphatically said, we are going to play everybody. We play to win. And they're a young team. And unlike that the Titans. Was my handicap on this game was that this game was kind of going to be a throwaway. And you know what? There's a path that they could get a wild card even yeah. with the loss. So I was wrong. I bet Houston early in the week. And now, and RJ pointed this out, it's a must-lose game for Houston. Because in theory, Chicago, if Chicago loses out and Houston wins one game, Chicago is the number one pick. But Chicago's not going to take a quarterback. It doesn't matter. No, it does because they're they going to trade. trade. They're going to trade. They're not going to take a non-quarterback first. They'll trade. Monetize. I mean, never know. Take, a, take an offensive well, what tackle. What I'm saying is, when I, but, when I, but whenever, historically, yeah. whenever there's been a top three type quarterback, number one's always been a quarterback. It's either a trade. I mean, think of the year. Except draft day, the movie, where they took the well, linebacker. Vontae Mack or else. What now? Oh. That was we, we, Remember, I, I was confused. <laughs> I saw that movie I was very confused by. I didn't know where the, what was happening. It felt like he was making moves that he was happy about. They, they showed that. I, I was at, it was the, the Super Bowl in New York with uh, the, what was it, the Seahawks and the Broncos that yep. year. And they had a screening of it at Radio Row. It was like the biggest thing. The NFL was so proud. I was that there they, for that. That they gave their <laughs> blessings to a movie. It was like, because a lot of these movies don't have, like any given Sunday was a fake Football. Yeah, but we remember so the playmakers, was, they had so much problem with that. Yeah, so the NFL was so proud of this. And they were all ushering people, oh, we have screenings all day. Come see this movie. Come see this movie. Kevin Costner came yeah. on my show yeah, to we talk had, up. We Another star that day. went on once we had, won't yeah, turn had, your tags. We had Kevin no, we Costner talk about on. Yellowstone Weekly now. <laughs> yeah, we, we, had, we had Kevin Is that Costner true? on. No. <laughs> I remember just coming out of like the screening room, and I'm like, would that actually happen? Like, yeah, it was pretty wild. <laughs> But I guess here's what I would say. Whenever there's, I would just make this case. Whenever there's a quarterback, yeah. So, well, that didn't prove the rule, McKenzie. The the quarterback went tenth. Right, but that would never happen again. Because but I'm of saying this that even that might happen. I'm saying if a quarterback is considered a top three pick, Trubisky he's going first, huh? Trubisky went to that. You're one of the worst picks of all time. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, in general, is. If there's no quarterback like this year, they're gonna they're gonna pick whoever. But if there's a top three quarterback, he's probably going like mean. There's no one thinks he's gonna fall out of the top three. Mm-hmm. He's not going third. He's going one because whoever wants him is gonna go up to get yeah, whether the Colts or the Panthers or they're whoever. Oh, the bad takes is one team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm thinking the year with Goff and um, the Philly court Wentz. Wentz. Yeah. They went both of those were trade ups. They both went one and yeah. two, and both of those were trade ups. Big trade ups, actually, if I remember. They traded up, they traded their entire future to get Trey Lance third. Yeah. So, yeah, in general, I think, and we believe there's multiple quarterbacks that's going to go top five here. Yeah. But, yeah. but if, you're the, if you're the Bears and you end up with the number one pick, are you. You're trying to trade it. Trading Almost out of it sure. so someone can take Bryce Young, or do yeah. you take a Will Anderson? You, from try, to, you try to trade yeah. down to five. Four and you can get, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can still get your defensive yeah. end. The, the way they would do it, in theory, the game theory would be: Where do we think the sl- the um, groupings are? Yeah. Right, because when supposedly when um, Miami traded back up and 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 went to sixth or whatever after they went back to twelfth, right, a couple years ago, well, that was the Trey Lance trade, right? They went back to twelfth, then they went up to six. They thought there's six guys we really like. That's what they say in it, hindsight, and that's we want to be there. And that's this year's draft. Uh, Jalen Carter from Georgia, Will Anderson from Alabama, yep. and Miles Murphy from Clemson looked at as like the elite defensive yes. guys. So if the, if there's three top tier guys like that, and you think, okay, they well, take two of the top four, five, five are going to yeah. be quarterbacks, 
if we drop down to six, we're guaranteed to get one of these three guys. That, yeah, yeah. So, I, and then I, you're going to get more draft picks on top. And of that it, can obviously. be a multiple step move too. You can trade back to ten and trade up. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie, we got our own, you know, hybrid where we look at all the different models of draft value. What is the difference between one and two? And what is that commensurate with as a pick? So if it's 250 points, that might be the 14th pick. I'll guess that's the number five. I think it's going to be that range. Like, like the difference between one and two is like worth the fi- the number five pick. So assuming that's the case, that's what's at stake here. Now, is there a way that both the, both the Houston and um – the Bears finished like if they no because the, the same record. the Texans have a tie. There's a tie, so unless they tie, oh yeah, so. so no one could possibly get the order between the Bears and Houston wrong. <laughs> wow, <laughs> but I will say this: the Steelers have the Bears' number two pick, Ooh. which might be the number thirty-three pick. I'm hoping. Mm. So, so that's right. So any one win by the Texans moves them out of the number one. Yeah, it, but if they get a tie, half a game but if they get a tie, then we got to go to the tiebreak. But that would be fun. The Bears don't want a tie. Well, in that case, now I'm moving towards the Jaguars. <laughs> I, I think so. Texans have won nine straight against the Jaguars. Which makes the Jags even more involved yeah. in trying to beat It's kind of like that. Well, it's not just nine straight. It's 15 of 17. <laughs> it's 20 of 24. Like, yeah. the Texans, who for years haven't been able to beat anybody, they've been able to beat the Jags. Like, when, like the when, Jags own the Colts, the yeah. Texans own yeah. the Jaguars. But I also think this is a different Jags team than there's been in a long time. Mm. Like, I, I think that's true. I mean, because if you really look at it, and listen, I've been stubborn with the Jags, so they did cost me a lot early in the year. And Mackenzie, whenever you have that, let me know. So it's the 42nd pick. The, the difference d- between one and two is about the, about the same as the value of the 42nd pick. Boy, that seems right. odd. What, what's, what's the numerical number of one and two? Uh, 3,200. I'm sorry, what's, what's number Three, one? 3,000 and 2,600. Okay, so it's 400 apart, and that's the... Okay. Boy, now I have heard people say though that these this draft um, calculator, and we're using a blend of like three different ones, is if there's a star quarterback available, you throw it out because it could be worth five thousand. Yeah, because 6, the, the theory yeah. is is that okay. um, you see yeah. it with the trades, right? Last, this year, uh, no one went number one. No one wanted the one. It was mm-hmm. like, what's the real? I mean, the guy they took, the Jags, they thought should have been the. Some people thought the fifteenth pick, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of debate about this stuff. But when there's a when there's a Trevor Lawrence, it's not you know it's number yeah. one means so much, right? People are still complaining about Miami winning a game that lost him. No, Trevor, the Jets winning the game. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah, well, Miami the Jets too. Like Zach Wilson, number two. So I would have hated your Jacksonville pick on Monday, and now I've completely gone, gone full circle. You know, and part of it's an evolution process. That there's you know there's games you like on Monday that by Wednesday. You are good with more information. That's that's all about doing more research. But let's agree, Fez. In general, as time passes, you agree with me more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, any other? I mean, to me, part of this too, and I'll wrap my side of it. Houston has played competitive games yes. against teams with questionable motivation. Tennessee being the one exception, and Tennessee was so beat up. I mean, they're as beat up as any team in memory. Yeah. So they let's give them credit. They won a game against a team that was as beat up as any team. And otherwise, they played close against a Cowboys team that they were getting like 14 points from or whatever. And they played close against a KC team that outgained them by like 400 yards. I give them credit for the guts. 
But it's not the same as saying let's play really close against a Jacksonville team that's surging. And now and they AJ have, thinks is better than the Ravens. And there was no disincentive to win in these other games because yeah, and they now had there a, is they had a disincentive because they need a quarterback. I don't know if anyone saw. <laughs> All right, anything, anything else? And by the way, the three games before these last three, they were minus sixteen, Houston. Minus 18, minus 21, minus, uh, let's continue, minus 11, minus 12, minus 16, minus 19. The, since the buy, and I'm going to go in the other order. They're from, not good. From the buy on, minus 19, minus 16, minus 12, minus 11, minus 22, minus 18, minus 16. Then the three games that we just talked about, not good. And the rookie running back's done, done so for the year. As Chevy Chase would say, not good. Not good. You're not good. All right, next up. The three-star from A.J. Hoffman. New York Jets, uh, they are minus one and a half at Seattle. My two-star. Ooh, I think Mike White makes all the difference in this game. Amen, bro. Mike White is such a massive upgrade over Zach Wilson. Uh, Say it louder. 73.4 PFF grade for uh, Mike White. Zach Wilson, 46.5. Doesn't matter where you're drafted, Zach Wilson stinks. He is the worst and I think the Jets' defense is going to dominate this game. They, the, if the Jets get competent quarterback play, which they haven't had for the two weeks that Mike White didn't play, they are they're an elite defense. Their running game, not as good as it was early in the year, but I think that a lot of that is when Zach Wilson's the quarterback, why would your running game have any success? Why would anybody play extra against the, the, you know, against the pass when you, you can't pass the ball? Seahawks started out six and three. They've gone one and five since. In the first half of the season, the offense was fourth in pass offense DVOA, twentieth in rush offense since, tenth and thirtieth. So they went from being an elite pass offense to an above average one. They went from being a below average rush offense to a nothing rush offense. This Seahawks team is just the the wheels came off. The lack of talent kind of caught up to this team, I think. And that's not the Jets' problem, other than the quarterback position. Uh, Geno's had one game in the last six with a QBR over 60 after having five in the first nine games. I know this is supposed to be like the Geno revenge game where he gets back at the Jets. I, I just think the rest of the roster is, well, is let's not going to do any favors. The, the, Seattle still has a chance at the playoffs. They do. The, the, what are the Jets' chances? Win or go home. Yeah, but w- if they win and they win, what's their odds? Is what I'm. I'm it's it's decent. Well, we're gonna pull yeah. it up, but this is the worst. If we say from week ten on, now we're cherry picking this to the disadvantage of Seattle. From week ten on, they are eleven points in the hole on average per game. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking to see is there any other team that bad, and we're just looking from week ten on. So it is cherry picking against them. So I went through a quarter of the league, and it's no. And I'm continuing on, and I'm now through. The Broncos right. minus 10.5, the and Texans the Bears, minus 10.6. And the Bears are minus 10.5. So literally, Seattle is what? They're 10, 11 3. So Seattle so far is the worst team, and that's it, right? Yeah, the worst team from week 10 on. Yeah. So we really have. It is an arbitrary end of a beginning point, but it's as bad as anyone during this no, run. It's, it's, 
the, they start at six the, and three, the, then week they 10 happened. turn back into a pumpkin, whatever yeah. analogy you want to use. And some of it could be that they have so many rookies, an inordinate number of rookies. Both left tackles, though, I think one of them's hurt now, right? Uh, they're great cornerback, and it's like these rookies hit a wall. Well, yeah. and their running back that was dominating early in the season mm-hmm. got hurt. Which, for which, the year. which one? Kenneth Walker. Well, the rookie, had, the but, rookie running back. Who was the running back before Kenneth Walker? Who was doing great? Uh, was Rashad Penny? Penny. Penny. So they've lost two. So Walker, Walker's back, but not at close to 100. percent Is that right? Yes. So I think it's a bunch of young players that are too young to play the whole season. There was a lot of energy that kind of got. I mean, it all started when I bet him. I cursed him when I bet him in uh, Germany. They haven't really played well since. Mm. Maybe that trip took it out of them, too. I, I, those trips, they really hurt. I don't know. I don't like when a team goes on a trip myself, like over to London or whatever. It always seems to screw teams up. But anyway. Yeah, I think, um, and yeah, this is could be a battle. If Kenneth Walker does play, he didn't practice uh, on Wednesday. If he's he, usually a sign. Yeah, so if he does play, he's not going to be at, at his best. It's a battle of the top two favorites for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson of the Jets, Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks, and Wilson is the favorite for a reason. I think with Mike White, it gives him certainly uh, the edge up here. It, it's it's just a completely different team like A.J. mentioned. You can go over all the stats. You can go over the comparison between the quarterbacks, but from the, the moment Mike White stepped onto the field as the starting quarterback, the Jets' entire just th- their mentality, their attitude, it all changed. It all flipped. This team did not want Zach Wilson as their quarterback. The players were revolting here's against what, Zach here's Wilson. Here's what confuses me, though, Fez. The market was a, seemed to be placidly behind Zach Wilson. There was an announcement he was in. It was like, great, we're not moving the number. I mean, it's like— Money—actually, money, you're, you're, you're directionally correct. There was a period of time in the Detroit game, all right— if you recall, it was pick, and then the Jets went to minus two, and then um, uh, Zach Wilson got reported he was going to be the starter, and it dropped back down to like pick, and then and then you're right, all the money late came in on the Jets, and they closed minus two and a half. So undeterred, they're so like, not, be, they'll be fine. Undeterred is even a better way to say it. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like that. Placidly undeterred, they kept saying, "Give us more Zach Wilson exposure." And I'm like, what? I think a lot of it is just because of the Jets' defense and how well no, they played. No, because the Jets' defense is just as good with Mike White. Yeah, but but, but apparently the they were as, fine. They yeah. were fine with that trade, that that swap out. By the way, I'm surprised at this, but this is a big game. If Seattle wins out, 70 percent chance to make the playoffs. If the Jets win out, 87 percent chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I did not get that sense at all. This is like all. that loser must leave town where uh, Kevin Sullivan has to move from Atlanta to Boston if he drops Well, no, it. remember, he was in Florida initially. <laughs> yeah. That snake of his, oh, he smelled on the trips in the station wagon. <laughs> all right. Anything else in this game? That's it. Um, do we know that Mike White is healthy? Because he had like it was a pain tolerance issue, I think, with the ribs is what they said. It was a pain tolerance issue last week. They didn't want to risk it, and they're delaying season three of that show. So I think he'll be. There's still people who (laughs) who feel that uh, Apollo Creed was compromised in Rocky too. I mean, Rocky had a detached retina though. You don't see that hook coming. I, yeah. Also, Tyler Lockett didn't practice as well. He's still recovering from that hand issue that he had. So I think he's out. He had yeah. hand surgery two weeks ago, yeah. and they're talking about him like, oh, he, he's catching balls at practice. So we're talking about a Geno Smith playing without possibly Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett, and it's just it's a bad spot. I heard that um, <laughs> Russell Wilson was helping him on the, the hand rehab, <laughs> the mallet finger or whatever. All right, what's next? Um 
My three Scott's three. Which is and this a is a quadruple like. Damn, I know I'm funny, AJ. Relax. Go ahead. This is my three weight. Peanuts. <laughs> so it's my three weight. It's Fez's two weight. It's AJ's two weight. It's RJ your one weight. All right, I'm sticking with it. Quadruple like on the Detroit Lions Ooh. laying six. Going back to the well. And got burned me last week. Really? You got burned? The Lions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. This to me, it's the difference between home and road. The Lions are a completely different team at home versus on the road. The scoring is just unbelievable. Over 32, almost 33 points per game playing at home. It's the highest scoring team in the NFL at home as compared to their 19.3 points per game on the road. The Bears have struggled defensively lately, averaging 32.6 points per game allowed during their eight game losing streak. And to me, I got a Lions team looking to pick themselves up after a loss last week, still with playoff aspirations, back at home, friendly confines. I think they're going to put up a big number on this Bears team. I think it's the ultimate free roll also because my power ratings put the number pretty much right where it's at. But uh, for the first time, the Bears, ooh, we could get the number one seed. I think there'll be some internal meetings. The number one the pick. Bears. The number one pick. Thank you. <laughs> not I the number. They I will said not that on be SOB the number. I too. I, no. I, I, actually, I said number one seed before I said number one pick. Great yeah. minds think alike. So the opportunity of possibly having that number one pick is got to be in the back of the minds. Not of the play. The players are going to try their hardest, but the organization. Let's just say there might be well, some experimentation with the personnel. Well, let's think about this. How many times did Justin Fields run the ball last week? I do not know. Mackenzie, pull that up. Now, here's Great question. Here's what I'm going to show you guys. Let's look at the Bears from week one through week 11. Their average score, adjusted EPA, minus 4.6. So just barely below average, right? Ooh. In the time since, so in the games in week 12 through 16, they're minus 13 points. Mm-hmm. So they and Seattle are the two worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, but that was what was that week 10, right? So, yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is, and if you actually look at it, Bears were minus 10 and a half in week 10. They they played fair. I mean, they had their stinkers, right? They had a stinker in week two. They had a stinker in week eight. But the fact of the matter is, in general, the Bears played well and slightly below average. And they had a three-game streak between 8, 9, and 10 Oh, I'm sorry, 9, 10, and 11, that was minus 3, minus 2, minus 6. So they're like right there, almost an even team. And then it's been minus 13, or oh, I'm sorry, each game now, minus 16, minus 10, by minus 11, and last week minus 16. This is bad. There's, and if you look at fields, what was our numbers? He had seven rushes, but they weren't the typical rushes. He only had 11 yards, by far his lowest output of the season. So he had three straight games where he was rushing for around 14, and then he was inactive for a game, and then he had a six, a like 15, and a seven rush um, game. So he's running less. Although he does need a little less than 200 yards to have the all-time single-season rushing record for a quarterback. I don't think they want. If they wanted that, he'd be. That may as well be the moon. I mean, a hundred-yard rush yard. I mean, here's what I know. The Bears might get first pick. They might get second pick. They might get third pick. I mean, there's a range of picks. They win two more games. They're going to yeah. be way out, right? So the theory is we know Justin Fields can run. We've redeemed the season to at least not be an embarrassment, though the number of wins isn't good. They, no one's thinking embarrassment. There's no sense of hopelessness after this year. Why not let him throw a bunch 
even if it's suboptimal, it decreases the chance of winning, but it gives him some reps that he's going to need because he's got to learn to throw. There's no reason to have him take punishment to win games that's going to hurt your draft position. Especially if ever there's a time to throw, it's against the Detroit defense in a dome. Yeah. You know? Well, this this game should go over because I mentioned how many points the Lions score at home, plus the Bears well, the are total not, is, Bears are 9-2 and two to the over in their last 11 games. Total is 52. Yeah. It, it's it's high for a reason, though. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, it, <laughs> it usually, should be high scoring. It, it should be. So— uh, our our uh, four metric average margin for both of these teams, we have Chicago f- minus 4.7, Detroit a minus 0.5. Mm-hmm. This is a 4.2 difference. Would you give 2.5 or would you give three for this home field considering they're the highest scoring team at home in the NFL? But I think there's another factor. Now, let's get Fez's opinion. One second, though. This is Detroit that's trending up about yes. as much as any team, mm-hmm. and in Chicago trending down about as much as any team. So the season numbers maybe aren't that telling. Sure. My point is, if we just do two point five and we don't factor in going up, going mm-hmm. down, we're coming at six point seven. That's my point. And right. I think it should be higher than seven because I think I would give a full three for home field for as good as Detroit is at home. And you mentioned it. Detroit is ascending. Chicago's descending. This. To me, this should be higher than a touchdown, and it's only six. I want to, I want to address, too, because people will say, and correctly so directionally, they'll say all the time, you can't bet on must-win teams. I because agree. there's a reason these teams are in a must-win situation. They're not very good. And plus, the public knows it's building the line. A- exactly right. Because what happens, this is a great advice right before the games kick off. Because the public knows about it. And who do they bet on? They bet on Detroit. They bet on the Giants. We already saw the Giants Indy. You could have played Monday night. You could have laid three and a half. Now the Giants are up to six. So this line's going up with Detroit. You could have laid five. You could have laid five and a half. It's six. It's just going to keep going higher. I mean, that's a, it, it's an obvious line move. So if you're going to get at Detroit, get at it now before it goes even higher. Detroit, teaser leg. No. No, no, no. No, and, no, going through seven. no, and 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 the beauty of why it's just wrong. The Wong across is right. The, board. the Wong <laughs> is right, but but the, but the Wong, you know, is complicated. But the Wong is not complicated with a six-point favorite teaser. And why? What is a six-point teaser when a team's favored by six? It gets it down to what? Pick them. Pick them zero, which is the same as the money line. Correct. So when you're playing a six-point teaser. Minus 120, that's each individual leg is like laying minus 280. If you shop, you can certainly, with a six-point favorite, always find a money line that's less than minus 280 for an identical bet. So why play minus 280 in the first leg of the teaser when you can just lay minus 258 in a uh, straight-up bet? Fez, Fez, why are you talking about the wrong teaser? I'm not. I'm talking about the minus 1258 money line. Don't tell people. They don't know about it. They can't buy that book. That book's complicated. What the hell? Fez is was like, I'm making fun of Fez here, by the way. Gotcha. Not just the people telling I, him. Because Fez that, says, you know something? I'm going to pull back the curtain and block I, everyone. <laughs> Have you heard of a Wong teaser? I thought Have it was you gonna, heard of this I thought guy it was yell gonna, right? I thought, was gonna get the dream, I thought it was going to get the dream music for my point of like the, why the six-point teaser's still, wrong. You, you, Instead, you, I'm, you, get, you, I'm getting the, the RJ Wimpy Wussy Boy Fez No, voice. Fez, don't do it, Fez. <laughs> we want to keep making money for that. You know what you say? You know who I'm imitating there, actually? Actually, remember the movie War Games? Yeah, the Whopper, yeah. Yeah. Now, remember there was the guy that Matthew Broderick went to for tips, and he goes, oh, that's easy. That's easy. Start with Falcon's Maze. Yes. That's that guy. I'm using his voice. Yes. (laughs) In order to win, 
You must not play the game. Oh, that, <laughs> that sounds like a rap version of that yeah. song. <laughs> like someone doing like a robotic yeah. dance. All right, guys. I got about five minutes left in me. So it's either going to be me in a quick end or me ending before it's over. So that was a quadruple like all yes. four of us are on the Lions. All right, let's do it. What's next? Are we done? No. <laughs> What's next? I'm Let's done fun. Let's uh, We got a couple of one-weights here, and uh, I'll, I'll start. I got Washington over Cleveland. Haven't we heard enough from you? No one else is stepping go up. Ahead, Let's buddy. go. I'll go talk. Ahead. I got the Commanders. The, I understand they're going to Carson Wentz this week. Which is an upgrade. I which, think it's a good thing, it, yeah. Yes, but people are going to be negative about Carson Wentz. But... RJ likes to call it the dream crusher scenario, right? The season is now over for the Cleveland Browns. No chance to go to the playoffs. And they have been terrible under Deshaun Watson. In 11 games with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, they had the fifth-ranked offense in EPA per drive. Fifth best in the NFL. Per drive, he's getting complicated. They have, they, they have been awful under Deshaun Watson. The Browns... I wrote this in my handicap. So what number were they? You're saying fifth versus what? They had the two worst offensive games in the NFL in weeks 13 and 16 with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Their so, yards per play, 5.4 for the year. That's league average. 4.4 the last three weeks. That's uh, that's last really, week. The weather, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's that's a three week rolling out. That's a really bad number. I, I got I got a team that is out of it that might be ready to pack it in versus a team that's still fighting for their playoff lives. At home, I, I, I got, how do you not go with Washington? Well, here's the thing. Cleveland is Cleveland is probably the darling of the stats guys. With Jacoby Brissett, a quarterback. So far. But, but, but let's consider the following. First, let's define that as a team. We've got them now 10th in the power rankings. And that comes from guys like Kevin Cole, who literally has had only one game this season. That the Browns lost based upon his adjusted numbers. Okay? <laughs> he loves the Browns. Well, but his numbers love the Browns. It's not he doesn't have any opinion on it. And it, and that's the point, right? He's looking at him in a way he was chagrined at times this year, saying, Well, Browns won again. Now, I as much as we're giving a lot of heat to Watson, let's take a look at this. I'm just looking at the total EPA adjusted for garbage time. And starting in week twelve, Browns were plus seven points, plus sixteen points. Minus 18, that was bad, plus 12, minus 7. So going back to that week 12, they're up 2.1 points a game. What is so bad? Meaning I get that there's been a, a few eyesores. <coughs> that, no, week, that, that week 12 game was against the Texans where they, they scored all their points on defense. Okay. But what yeah. I'm saying is net-net, the mm-hmm. team, has. we can always spin it. Here's what we can do always. We can say, what only thing that matters is the final points if you're AJ and it's like the Bills or something. Or you can say, hey, that one way they scored, let's invalidate that. Like like he did to the Patriots earlier when he didn't like the Patriots coming back. He said, but they were up 22 nothing. Well, what the hell does that mean? It's part of the game. But to me, when you say, oh, they scored on Diva, it's like, okay, his first game back, it wasn't good. But generally, they are a positive team. They're an above-average team since he's come back. Here's Deshaun Watson's game logs. I, I'm yeah. sure, but they're, well, they're, they're averaging nine and a half points with him playing quarterback. Nine and a half points per game. Whatever it is, yeah. they're, they're 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 up two points per game over their opposition. And is this about? Are we betting a team total on Cleveland, or are we betting Washington? But Washington, I mean, the right. game is because we could bet yeah. under a team total, and this argument makes more sense. But whatever's happening right now, the Browns have been above average over the last five weeks. Just that's just math. 
But now, we do have the Dream Crusher. But did, was there any sense in them making it last week? We were saying there was a chance. Yeah, well, okay. And here's the question. I think this the whole game comes down to this. How much is Stefanski loved by the team? Because they he might be out of there. He won the yeah. coach of the year last year. If they shit the bed the last couple games and they look bad, bad, he's probably gone. And I don't know if the team wants to keep him or not. If they do, they're going to play hard I for think him. that's very sage. That's really – I don't know if they want him or not. I don't know the answer. But I think it's a factor for sure. Yeah. I also think this, Washington, it felt like the coach was a little frazzled after last week. I mean, here's the question, too. As much as we think they want Tampa Bay, does maybe the league not want Washington in the playoffs? Because of the Dan Snyder thing? Yeah. I mean, a lot of attention into a, a program they don't want to have attention. And, boy, did the, but the, did the, did the flag seem a little off in that Giants game. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's not as much of a slam dunk because, you know, Seattle and the playoffs. Is, but what I'm saying is, is they don't it's a good care. Mar- it's a good Se- market. Seattle, first of all, they're not getting into parsing it. They don't want this guy who's going to yeah. sue them potentially. Yeah. Yeah. They want to get him out of the league. They don't want to celebrate him. I mean, I'm saying if there's any kind of conspiracy, mm-hmm. that fits in with it, right? And yeah. let's be honest, wasn't that one of the worst ref games against the Giants? Yes. Yes. And did it go against or for the Washington team? Against. Literally against, against. Yes. Right. Exhibit one. The final thing I'll <laughs> say about this is Nick Chubb has said he's going to play. Which but, tells me something. But one tweak of his foot, does he push it and play hurt? But doesn't that mean something? The fact he could be sitting and this is supposedly a meaningless game he says he wants to play? Now, if he doesn't— I don't, I don't know if he's got contract incentives or bonuses or anything like that that he's he, trying to reach. He's but, already reached them. He's, he he's, he's I mean, he's got— He's, he's he's already over for season. Yeah, would, I mean, who knows? I mean, and you're right. There, are, I mean, next week unless he's gonna, got bonus for being number one. Next week mm-hmm. we're gonna have a special section of the pod talking about yeah. that. You do a good job with that contract looks and stuff. I, I and again, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm saying the Browns are an underrated team that maybe are playing for pride or their coach, and I'm not sure they're gonna be flat. His arms. Flat, I agree with you. If they both are motivated, I don't think Washington's clearly better than Cleveland. So, really, your handicap here is you've got a motivated team against an unmotivated team. Correct. And if that's true, you've got a good pick. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. All right, what's next? My one weight, Colts plus six at the Giants. I like this. This is sharp for AJ. I just don't understand the Giants being six-point favorites at home where they have no home field advantage. The Colts stink. I get it. But all the Giants do is win or lose close games. Uh, They've got a negative scoring differential at home. And home unders with Daniel Jones are hitting at 70% in his career. This game's lined at 38. (laughs) You're going to give me six points in a game that's likely to go under and lined 38. I'm going to take it every time. The Colts' D is probably still the best unit on the field. Uh, Giants can't stop the run. The best best unit between all four of the units? Yes. You disagree? I don't know. I know the Colts have already won a game. It's hard to imagine they got the best unit. Well, and even with... Even with Taylor out last week, the Colts averaged five yards per carry. I think the Giants win, but the Giants' a six-point favorite is just it's unimaginable to me. All right, so the Giants, if you look at their first seven games of the year, they only had one game in the red as, as we're looking at this with EPA, and that was week three. Then in week—so that's the first seven. Week eight, they were in the red minus 13. Then they had a bye. Then they had a good game. Then in the red, 20 points. In the red, 14 points. Then break even. Then in the red, 17. 
I mean, that's a disastrous run. But that's when everyone's saying, see, come up and Giants were no good. But now for two weeks in a row, you know, 7.9 to the positive, And that was against Washington. And then three to the negative against Minnesota, but they covered. It's hard to say that the Giants haven't played well the last two weeks. Very, I mean, really got it up. So it's like they started hot. They had a swoon. And now they got two games they're playing well. And this is a, I mean, not a must. This is their playoff lives. I don't know if they win and lose. Mackenzie, give me the if-thens. But this is a vital game. Their motivation is max. So if They're 91% right now. Drop to 75% if they lose and they clinch if they win. Okay, so they win and they're in. They lose. They have a quarter chance. Not, I mean, they're not not carrying. About I think it. they could also get a final game against Philly, where Philly benches everybody. Because be, yeah. yeah, I think we're going to get more points. We wait. We wait for more. And Must Giants, win. Giants were minus three and a half before the Monday night game. Okay, that's an interesting. Indy point. didn't look good in that Monday night game. Well, Indy's not good. That's not no, surprise. But we found out <laughs> Foles can't play a lick. And and I'll tell you, is Foles playing this game? I think he's got a lot. It's an Ellinger or Foles? I think it's going to be Foles. Oh, man, I can't play that. I can't play that. No, you got to admit, AJ, is I'm not saying you can't play it yourself. I'm saying, but you've got to downgrade Foles. No doubt. Yeah. And yeah, I, I said this was this was so odd to me because the Colts are playing a guy who they this is all contract. They don't want they don't want. Remember, Matt Ryan wasn't playing for a reason. They were worried about an injury guarantee. Right. When he came back and won the game. They were like, we got to give him a chance. The minute he was bad enough to pull him again, they pulled him. But my thought is, why not play Sam Ellinger, who is still he's on an his embarrassment? He's still well, he's better than Nick Foles, and he's still on his rookie deal, so he'll be on the maybe team the next year. Nick wanna, Foles maybe won't the coach be. Don't want to win right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I think that's what maybe it is. Saturday's a sacrificial lamb, you know. At this point, <laughs> and, so, yeah. So this is interesting. Thanks to McKenzie for helping me run this. Low totals. Favorites of six or greater, uh-huh. right? So it's the favorites are 21 and 13 ATS in these low, low total games. No, I, and this is something we, uh, we talked with Matty Holt about years ago. There's this narrative about how much points Take the are points worth with and a low total, yeah. And you know what's funny? That presupposes the line isn't being constricted by the low total. And it seems like lately, but whatever. But we're you, querying less than or equal to six and a half. Yeah, so which, be, which means that means it's more than because it's a negative oh, that's number. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, means right. the line is either six, or six and a half, seven, yeah. higher. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it really is. If it doesn't matter if you make it thirty-eight or you make the line yeah. ten, it, it just meets this criteria yeah. again and again. Um, so Giants it, and Lions money line parlay instead of a teaser. No. <laughs> no, I mean, this is really because people do this. this is, it's an epidemic. Parlaying big money lines. Playing big money lines is not incorrect. It's fine to play minus 260, but you don't parlay them together because two reasons. One, you don't get the best number on both legs. And, in fact, some places like Pinnacle, as soon as you parlay it, you get worse numbers on both legs. Two, your bet sizing is all screwed up because let's say you want to risk $300, okay? Well, you, well, first of all, you do understand the average bet's twenty dollars, right? Right. So let's say so your bet size your bet size is all screwed up. Let's say you want to win twenty dollars, mm-hmm. okay? So or let's say you risk twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. So you risk twenty dollars. I recognize you're only winning seven dollars and the like. But as soon as you put it into a parlay, now what you're essentially doing is on the first leg you're risking your twenty dollars. On your second leg, you're either risking twenty seven dollars or zero. That is a effed up. Um, bet allocation beyond belief. Just bet them both in money lines. That's fine. Don't parlay them you together. You do understand people like big payouts when they bet little money, right? I understand. All right, let me ask you a question. If someone who was a as expert at health, at nutrition, as you are at sports betting, 
followed you around all day and told you the th- how what kind of lifespan you were taking off your life when you ate that white bread or whatever the hell the else. Nine ninety nine DeFaro's pizza because I get a ten dollar food. Comp. How how enjoyable would you would that voice give you joy when you heard the voice come in saying now oh, you're eating peanuts right now? No, Why are they roasted? No, but it would be <laughs> valuable information. And would you like it? No, but it would be so valuable information. So why do you want to be the person no one likes? Because I owe it to my clients who are listening. No, the, no, no, no. Your clients, you have a channel for that. I understand. You I can, owe it you to the preach, listeners. You can pre- no, you don't. You don't have well, to preach. Well, here's, here, here's, here's why. Can, here's what you can do. You can tell them. No, no. Here's what you can do. You can tell them, hey, guys, here's a way to look at it if your focus is purely mathematical with the money. Because there is that audience. And it's a big audience. But there's a lot of people trying to have fun with it. And they want to. They don't want to be dumb about it, but they don't want to be too – it's like working out. Most people don't want to be lazy and not work out, but they don't want to hear that 4.30 in the morning is the only time you can get a good workout in. Or, or, you or their form is off. Or you got a deadlift or you yeah. can't really be strong. It, it's just not – there's no point to it. So let's agree. The, there's an optimal way to bet, and it's usually not as fun. Yes. All right, so everyone, if, if you're only betting 20 bucks, what's the difference? You're right. It's, I, I don't hop over my fence and start screaming, how could you pay $140 to golf this golf course? It's when you golf it for free. Yes. You just go on and cheat golf. <laughs> right. But but you're right in general. Though explain to me, I'm not sure what you mean by 27 or 0 in the bet allocate. What do you mean? It's when, like you got a two-teamer. You got a two-teamer. Uh-huh. So how much are you betting on? on the, I understand they're both being played maybe at the same time. But, but let's say they're not. Let's even. say they're not. So, so you put that in, and then you go, Golfing, and you come back and you check your scores, and you won the first game. Okay. So you bet twenty dollars on the first game. Uh-huh. Now you're betting twenty-seven dollars on the second game. You're betting more because you had a big favor that won. Okay. Yes, but if your first game wins out, loses outright, now you got a zero-dollar bet in the second one because you're probably already lost. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so you, you actually, but you win more. So, so you're it, saying the alternative is a mechanical parlay? Yes. Yeah, but, but what happens if it's the same time? Well, you win it, more money. Then it's not as mathematically eloquent to say, "Don't do it this way." It's, it's the same. It's the same amount of money. It's the same, it's Only actually, if you get the best number at both. So right now, Lions are minus two sixty. Mm-hmm. Giants are minus two forty. Mm-hmm. Parlay them both. It's minus one hundred four. Your twenty dollar bet pays no, out thirty nine twenty three. If you do point. it individually, yeah. So you do twenty dollars on the first game. Now you get twenty seven sixty nine. You're using the same numbers, but yeah. what I'm saying is, what, the point he's making is. If you are betting a second leg after you know after the first, uh-huh. you can bet at any of your outs. Correct. So now you uh, who are correct on this one. Yeah, I, <laughs> and, I, and then you, I understand. <laughs> Thank you then, for explaining. Yes. And then you're able to shop it, right? That's the same reason. though teasers are bad. Under that theory, teasers are bad. Yes. Right. And, and then you, the, can't, you can't shop at both places. And, and the ultimate, ex- the ultimate place. example is when um, AJ was doing his MMA parlays, and mm-hmm. and none of the fights go concurrently. Mm-hmm. So he would lay minus two eighty, and the next fight would be minus two sixty. He'd say, Par- "Just parlay them together." And it's like, no, just in your own betting, just bet the minus two eighty, uh-huh. shop the, for the best number, yeah. cash the ticket, and then bet the next dude minus the two sixty at the best number. Two, yeah. At the best number. There's two reasons why that wouldn't be applicable. Beyond if they happen concurrently. Number one is if you believe the line, if you're betting earlier and you think the line's going to move. Yes. Right? Because you got to wait to right, because the lines get sharper That's right. the closer you get to the game, right? Yes. And then number two, if there's any correlation. Yes. Yeah, obviously. So to me, I only play parlays typically when there's correlation. Or to get around the limits. If the limits were low at a book and they had a soft number, yeah. bang, we'll, 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 we'll wheel it into a bunch of parlays. But those yeah. people probably know. Yeah. Unless they're betting it to win, right? And let's not. I don't want to bring up specific places. Don't, yeah. don't do it, Steve. Don't tell us anything. Don't. How are we gonna eat? I've, I've, 
Speaking of the wind, they're really nice to me. Yeah. So I asked them for a buffet comp the other day. They let me play and the like, and they smiled. They're like, Steve, we don't we don't comp sports betters. You know that. And, you know, mostly the— You say, I'll play blackjack if you let me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, they, but, but then the guy looks at me, and he says, oh, a nice hit, nice hit on the Arizona game on Monday night. So it was interesting— that he he didn't have to look up my account. He already knew. Damn, that I made a you bet. made you I feel was special. Like, I was like, they're paying attention over they're here. They're paying attention with Steve Fezzik, yes. baby. Yeah, that guy probably has a coupon code at pregame.com. Hey, listen, <laughs> I'd want it too. All right, what's our next game? Uh, Kansas City, 12.5-point favorites hosting Denver. And who's on it? Nobody. So we're done with our picks. We're done. All right, let's go rapid fire here. Kansas City. Now, here's the question I got in this game. Denver has caused real problems for Kansas City. They've been like a thorn in their side. Though Kansas City has won these games in an inordinate number, it's like been all close games. Is there a sense of, like, let's put these guys down and put a stake in their heart, you think? Does Denver get the fired coach boost or whatever? That's I think that's mm-hmm. really the question. Mm-hmm. Or do they say, we still hate our quarterback. Screw this. <laughs> we're going to revolt another I, week. I don't know the answer, so I'm not betting I loved game. Denver in the first matchup. That was before Denver's defense quit. RJ said a few weeks ago, yeah. when's Denver's defense going to get tired of pulling this weight? And I said, well, they haven't yet. Last week was the breaking point against the Rams. Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield and the Rams put up 51 on you. Yeah. That means the defense is no longer interested. So I can't back them anymore. So I got the trend here. 34 teams since 2003 have fired their coach during the season. In their first game, they've gone 16 and 18 straight up, 18 and 16 ATS. Hey, here's the thing. So no. This is a trend you see all kind of different views of. Because if you go back like 10 years, it's positive. Then you go back a little more, it's negative. You go back even more, it's positive. So I'm not sure what the right time frame is, right? What I'm interested in, I haven't run it yet. I should have. How's it when it's this late in the year? Because there's two weeks left. Mm. It's different than early in the year. Usually early in the year... If someone gets fired, it's so bad that any change is an upgrade. Yeah. Right? It's just anything but this. Getting rid of Matt Rule. Anything but yeah. this, right? Because mm-hmm. Wilkes no great coach, but it was better. Firing this late means sometimes, hey, you're done. We all knew you were kind of a walk, dead man walking. You had a bad loss. It's enough already. And this is what teams do, talking to you know people that are in the know as far as uh, consultants yeah. with coaching searches. I've always been told that you fire to the get coach a head start. to get a head start on the coaching search because you they are now starting to put together their binders on potential head coaches. But not binders of women. Correct. Okay. They're starting to put together their, <laughs> their binders on head coaches, and you do this now to get a leg up on the other teams that are going to be looking for coaches. Plus, you changed the narrative. After this game, it wasn't how bad they played. It was the coach got fired. Correct. Because this is a bad narrative. <laughs> yeah, and they had the the owner and the general manager came out in a press conference on, uh, what was it, Tuesday, and they had to apologize to the fan So base. the Walton guy came out? Yeah. Yeah. Where they wheeled him out? I don't they know, also said that Russell Wilson is fixable. Yeah. Well, I tell you that. Well, I don't know if he isn't, but I'll tell you this. Well, just the fact that you have to say our quarterback that we just paid millions but and he millions. Did, but to remember is that decision. Fixable. That decision was made before he bought the team. Yes, I mean th- that's important. Well, that quote was from the GM. Now, what's interesting is this owner, who's a Walton, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Own, own Walmart. The family didn't know how to pronounce Goodell's name. So, like, during his first press conference, he's, like, saying... Roger Goodell. Like, something different. Yeah. And it's, like, imagine you're so rich that you're buying an I'd NFL like to, team. I'd like to thank Paul Tagliabue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can't pronounce the name of the commissioner. I mean, I, that's rich. That's F.U. money right there. 
Because <laughs> I was just smiling, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not uh, talking about rich. I'm talking about wealth. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll tweet this. Is I'm, I'll break it down by what week it happened. Mm. This feels less This feels less dramatic. And here's my question. When's the last time a first-year coach got fired before the end of his first year? I guess Urban Meyer, except for that. Oh, before. ESPN had this graphic. It was like 20 years ago. I'll pull it up. Mm. Yeah, so... I mean, yeah. this is a real Usually disaster. Usually you at least get to finish the year. Yeah, it's rare to get fired after one yeah. year. Right now, I want to try 64-yard field goals. Yeah, Wilkes, Wilkes got games. fired in Arizona after the year. And that was a yeah. disaster. David Culley got fired David Culley after, after, after the year. Which is yep. actually bull, BS. I agree. I, I mean, he, did, he exceeded expectations. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Uh, San Francisco minus 10 at the Raiders. So we talked about this in the recap show, Fez, but I think it bears repeating. When in history have we ever seen a team – be on their third quarterback and be one of the Super Bowl favorites. I mean, no, no. N- never. I mean, we got the hot Statler story from way back when. We got the the Nick Foles sack, but it's a third quarterback. No. And now the Raiders going with Jared Stidham and Derek Carr being away from the team for the rest of the year to avoid distractions. So yeah. I mean, think about that. Disaster. He's not going to be at practice. He's yeah. not going to be on the sidelines. He's not helping Jared Stidham. Whispers there may be some other Raiders that won't be playing. And no confirmation of that. I can't touch this game without that information. And I, I believe the Raiders, the Raiders players, love Derek Carr. Yes, like Derek Carr is the guy who always gets in front of the media and takes all the bullets. Mm-hmm. One of his teammates killed the guy, and he went up there and kind of like said, "I should have been there for him." Yeah, wasn't, wasn't a girl he killed? Yeah, you're right. He did. He killed a woman, uh, and Derek Carr was up there like, all I could Crying. think about was I, yeah. I should have been there for him. It's yeah. on me. And it's like, dude, how can you – you not? I mean, Devontae Adams came to the Raiders because he wanted to play with Derek Carr, his old teammate. So, Fez, let me ask you something. You say you can't play this game without that info. It can only be negative info, right? Yeah, but the, the – yes. So but is the price pricing that in? It's not fully priced in. So I guess – but is it priced in at all? What's your Stidham – what's your car to Stidham drop? Um, it's got, four, I, four points. That seems that seems right. Okay. So maybe uh, – that seems like the least it could be. Uh, it's four and a half before it's three and a half. Okay, yeah. Just because Stidham couldn't even get a snap. Remember, Cam Newton played like crap, and he couldn't even get on the field in New England. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is what – he was cult, he was he was cultivated – he was uh, groomed to be Brady's replacement. Couldn't even get on the field. So the line was five and a half. Four points would make it nine and a half. Four and a half would make it ten. So right. if there's other if there's other defections, we got problems with the Raiders. Or, or what we're saying is it's a free roll looking at the favorite. It's a free roll on the favorites. That's because right. if there are more issues, that should go up. That's right. Yeah. And I, this move basically says we don't care about competing this year. Anymore. I agree with that, yeah. too. It also, I think, says that the coach is safe because the coach probably doesn't let this happen. Yeah, yeah if he's playing for his job. Well, I mean, that, and I think this is almost the coach deflecting and saying the problem was Derek Carr. Well, remember, Derek Carr got in front and said the problem was somewhere else, people not practicing hard. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be a lot going on internally. Well, can we agree Derek Carr will be in Indianapolis next year? <laughs> that's what. That's the guess. Well, I mean, Colin said he was a Hall of Famer, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I, know. I, he's not old enough, and he's, and he's still got game left. Does he really belong in it? But he just signed an extension, so they—I mean, well, but, they've but, got to but, trade him if but anything. The people who really understand, and I don't, say this—they gave him a real clean out. There's a real clean out after yeah. this year. It felt like an extension, but it was a one-year. If extent. you're if you're a top 14 quarterback, there's going to be teams that are going to want. Oh, to trade for sure. For you. Only a five million dollar dead cap if they'll trade. Hmm. 
All right, that's good. And and uh, good point. And it makes up it makes up the whole point though. As much as Gruden got ridiculed, the sense and and he rightfully so for the racism part of it is him as a coach, he really had Derek Carr playing better. Like if you think about it, though, he's a and by what Lombardi talks about is is that he's Gruden's a really good quarterbacks coach. You know, effectively, like he might have risen to be a head coach, but no doubt he's like an all-star level quarterbacks coach since uh, he, Gruden's been gone. I mean, you can say the Raiders won some games to make the playoffs, but it wasn't Carr. It didn't feel like, and this year certainly hasn't been Carr. Injuries, Renfro, Waller, yeah, but they, he lost some of his weapons this season. As you as you've watched it unfold, have you thought more? Oh, Derek Carr just stinks, or Josh McDaniels isn't over his head again? I thought Josh McDaniels. That's kind of the way I've looked at it yeah. too. I think there's so much anti-New England. That, 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 that why would Josh McDaniels be in over his head any more than any other coach? He's by all accounts one of the most talented coaches on earth. Right, and he went and got a head coaching job. When and he was like thirty three, and he got thirty three. Ba- I mean, how old's the the Dolphins coach? And he's doing well. It doesn't mean every young coach, every coach isn't going to be good at a young age. Belichick got fired the first time from Cleveland. He had four losing seasons out of five. So does that mean we don't think Belichick is any good? I bet for some people it does. Because there's no one. Here's what I can assure you, everyone. One comment about this is there's nothing that a quasi-intellectual hates more than being told he's not smart. And there's nothing that football people who spend their, and here's the thing, they're not even football people. They're observers. They're media people that effectively are spending their lives watching sports. And they hate that there's someone that understands so much more about the game than they do. And I'm not, and I don't think we have that here. I really don't. But you've been in the media. You guys both have been in the media a long time. They think their opinion really. Like they think they should be making decisions. They think they could be GM. Some of these. But it, you isn't there a, in, in post post game press conferences? Some of the questions. It's like, did you ever think of changing to a cover two defense? And it's like, yeah, we thought about it, but uh, we decided against it. But don't you think if you went to a cover two, you could be able to stop? It's like that. Those are the type of questions that these coaches get asked. But isn't there like a? a I mean, there's now there's a pretty good history of guys getting away from Bill Belichick and not being good. And I'm not saying, like, these aren't smart. I'm not saying Matt Patricia's not a smart guy. I'm just saying when you're not with Bill Belichick, you're not as smart. And these guys can't – just because they're good coordinators under the greatest head coach ever doesn't mean that they're going to be good head coaches. And it doesn't mean they're going to be bad. What it probably means is there's more of them that get the chance than they deserve because of the success. Yes. So if you just imagine, let's say you had a moderately successful program. You would have, let's say, three guys that would have been a head coach over 10 years that were under him. But now it's seven or eight, so you've gone gone to the Romeo Cronells of the world or whatever, and then it's going to go – but Josh McDaniels, by all accounts, is the most talented one of these coaches. By meaning, if you read the books, it's like, look at New England's offense since he's left. I mean, if anything, he's pretty damn good. Now, is he a head coach? I don't know, because it's a whole different skill set. But, dude, you're the one that believed the Raiders were on the, was a way above average team, right? You just thought they had a few tough losses, AJ. Yeah. So, I mean, doesn't that belie the point that, you, that McDaniels is over his head? I think the fact that he is throwing his quarterback under the bus here. You think here. it's his decision? You don't think it's coming from the owner? Oof. It's almost impossible to think he's making this decision. Coaches don't get to decide yeah, the bench you start a quarterback unless you're yeah. – you've got to be effectively the GM to do that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, isn't the theory Ursay's telling – was telling Raikou to start? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, and, I mean, Dave, I've just heard some discombobulating things about Davis that for whatever reason – 
the very fact we were hearing that maybe there, this was a one and done this year for the Raiders kind of speaks to the idea that that I don't know that. Well, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. Also, remember the the GM for the Raiders is another Patriots guy. Yeah, they came in as and, a, like a team. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's going to choose someone to to throw under the bus, it's probably not going to be his buddy. I think what they decided was they weren't going to keep him next year. And all, all the only thing that could happen these last two games, because they played poorly up to this point, why give him a chance to make it seem like it's a bad decision? Like, if you know you're getting rid of Carr, let's say you've made that decision, it's smart not to play him these last two games. Because if you're Carr... What would you want? Just a chance to have a couple big games and change your mind, right? All this can do is confuse the matter. If I, th- you I, think th- I think there's a Matt Ryan situation going on, too, with Carr and his contract and injury potential. They don't want him to get hurt. Eh, see, I don't know, though, because I think his contract probably so – he's going to get tra- – and the theory is he gets traded here, right? So maybe they're protecting the trade asset, too, mm-hmm. right? Because you're right. If he gets hurt, at least it's a d- depressed asset. Who knows? And And, and I'll be honest with you. There's no indication. The thing they say about Belichick is he doesn't tell people what he's doing. Like you only, it's almost like a terrorist cell. You know what you know, mm-hmm. and the whole point is you don't know anything else. Because even if you get caught, they can't torture it yeah, out of your way. There's no sense that Belichick is teaching. Compartmentalization. <laughs> people, he's not teaching everyone everything. Yeah. It's just not his, he doesn't want to do that. Because you see how many people defect anyway. You're Mr. Pink. Yeah, so to me, I don't know how good these people are. I do think it's interesting. You look at Vrabel and say he was a player, and look how good he is. I don't know. But what's our final word on this game? Final word on the, it's Derek Carr, PFF grade, 66.6. Oh, my God. Him. I would not play him. So we, 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 look San, we look San Fran or pass because, if anything, there could be more bad news coming for the Raiders. And yeah. by the way, last thing on San Fran. Look at this run they're on. They're good. I know. Mackenzie's so happy. Except it's Trey Lance. He finally said on Monday show, well, he, what do you say? He's a free roll. Free roll. Think, think how good they would be with um, yet another weapon with that uh, Or three more draft. number one yeah, picks. Yeah. You really think with the 28th pick we would be a lot better? Well, yeah. No. Who was the 28th pick? That's excellent. First of all, let's Not be somebody cl- that would make our starting 22. Look, him, look him up. Look him up. And let's be clear about something. It wasn't just one pick they gave away. It was, it was like, two, effectively. No. Because we lost the pick that we traded for, the quarterback, and then we traded You swapped the pick, and then there was two additional ones, right? So what number? 28. 28. Uh, I guess you could have had Rashad Bateman, wide receiver that oh, went to uh, Baltimore. He wouldn't even be playing. Uh, All right. Well, you think the 49ers would be picking? They wouldn't Wait, have been Elijah. 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 No, the, the Jets. It would have been this this year was uh, All right, no biggie. Devontae Ra- Wyatt. The Ravens are the Bay. best Ooh. drafting team ever. You didn't know yeah. that? How's that center there is doing that was so mobile? And how's that safety doing? I haven't heard much from him. I don't know. Okay. This, I think he had a good year, the safety. Oh, great. This is, ama- <laughs> this is amazing. The slow one, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he hasn't had a good year. McKay, yeah. look up his PFF, please. The slow safety from Notre Dame. His name's Kyle Hamilton. Whatever. <laughs> is he in the league? This is amazing. I'm going to go back from week 16 on and tell you the average from that point forward. So in week 15, I'm going to tell you the average in 15, 16, et cetera. Okay. 17.6. I, I won't give you the point. 17, 18, 21, 19, 19, 18, 17, 17, 17. So from week eight on, their average has been for from then to the rest of the year, 
over 17 points better than their opponents on average over those series of games. Christian McCaffrey impact. I mean, it's unlike – there's no run. The Bills at the beginning, nothing – Even without Debo, it was really good. Even Philadelphia to start the year was 10, 23, 20, 20, 3, 14. So just not as good as you moved up. Like when you moved up to week 8 or 9, they were like plus 15 points. And San Fran's plus like 17. They're going to murder the Vikings in the playoffs. Maybe. Murder them. Many doesn't lose. They will. All right, what do we got? Anything else? We got one. We got the Battle of L.A. There's one factor here. Um, Home field. The Chargers are the home team. I don't think they're worthy of any home field advantage. And this line six and a half. I make it five and a half on a neutral, and I think it is on a neutral. So I would lean Rams just because I think the Chargers are getting a smidge for home field. That's But they're going to have the ticket allotment, right? Doesn't matter. Chargers, de- Chargers defense, though, what has played I mean? well lately. The ticket allotment doesn't matter? Not for the Chargers. The Chargers, they just sell their tickets. Here's what I think. I, I actually like the Chargers here. Interesting. Because, one, I think when you get those home fields, you're so happy about it that it just clouds your judgment with any— You might be right. There might be a point that's driven by that. But what is the little brother and the big brother mentality here? Don't the, First of all, the Chargers want to get to the five slot. We've talked about that. That's certainly true. Right. And number two, you don't think they want to shove it in the face of the Rams who just won the Super Bowl exactly. and makes them look bad? Yep. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't I, thought of that. I think the little brother mentality. And let's listen. I'll make fun of the twenty million dollar receivers, but if you look at the results in those weeks since they've been healthy, it's been pretty good. Keenan Allen and, and their Williams. defense has been good the last couple weeks. Well, let's not overdo that. That Bosa guy. Okay. Well, though, was it seventeen points or fewer in the last three games? What do you think? But here's another. He never says anything negative about his teams. Like at some point, there's got to be a stat he brings up that's negative about it, right? Hmm. Never. Justin Herbert, 14, 15, and 1 ATS as a favorite. It's not a good record. It's not good. Well, he didn't have all his receivers. He didn't have all his receivers. Guys, it's not. It's not. That's ATS. Okay. It's not good. It's not bad. It's like, it's expectation. No, no, no. When you're supposed to be a savior, you're supposed to have better than below 500 against the spread. That's true. I mean, when you have nicknames like Herbs. I don't think Montana started 14, 15, and 1. Probably not. Yes, or um, Marino, yeah. But Dwight Clark didn't miss all those games. God, I hope Justin Herbert wins a Super Bowl. I do. I know. Like an no one doubts that for a second. Oh my God! Yeah, you are such I, a I, hater, I dude. It's embarrassing. Of, uh, last week or two weeks. Like all the all the dude does is keep balling out, and you're like, oh no, you're just. Here's what I said. Win a game. He's, He's in the playoffs. He's in the playoffs now. This is exactly. Oh, you said, oh, he can't make the playoffs. They're gonna get to the playoffs. They're gonna lose in the playoffs. Probably. And then you're gonna go to AJ. But has he won a playoff game? Exactly. He hasn't won a playoff Exactly. <laughs> I mean, how many years in the league are you going to – Big Ben went 15-1 and won his first year. I mean, at some point, you got to do something. Maybe, and then, wait, maybe then he'll play Lamar win. Jackson. Say it again? Maybe he'll play Lamar Jackson. So one of them will have to win. Yeah. He's going to win a couple of playoff games, but losing the AFC Championship game, Rodgers going to say, but has he been to a Super Bowl? Exactly. Well, but, that, but if you are loved that way, shouldn't you be to a Super Bowl? He's in he, – what? He's in his third year. Yeah. Big Ben went his second well, year. Well, nobody, nobody else is Big Ben. Well, Listen. Big Ben's a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah. Herbert is a potential guy in the potential Hall yeah. of Fame with Jeff George. Did you know Big Ben was a Hall of Famer after year three? Yeah. Okay, well, But when he brought us you. a Super Bowl ring, he was in my Hall of Fame. He played horrible in that Super Bowl, by the way. That's what's funny. The, 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 these young teams that are so – like Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl when he wasn't near as good. Yeah. Then they they get good and they cost so much money they can't win Super Bowls. Yeah. 
Yeah, Big Ben sure took his money, though. He he did not give any hometown discount. It seems like the time is now for the Chargers because once they're going to have to pay Herbert. No, it's only his third year. I'm saying, well. He the, just so is going to get better and better. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you a question. From the guy that said, all debts are settled. It's been decided. And it's like, what happened? Oh, he won a game in week 14. It was like literally all debts were paid, all decisions have been I, made. I, I wish I would have bet you a million dollars that Herbert would be better than Tua at that point. You'd be looking at this dead corpse. When did, when did I ever say anything about that? That was what the whole argument about week 14 was, was the it debate between me. Tua and Herbert is it, over. Maybe on TV it wasn't me saying that. When did I ever say Tua was better than Herbert? Ever. Never. That's what I That's what I was talking about the debate said, was. all debts have been paid. I mean, all right. Well, he, put whatever words you want in my mouth. That's good. Did, did it seem like a narrow thing about Tua, or was it like all anyone bitching about Herbert has been proven wrong? We have to go look at the uh, the stenographer has to pull up the courtroom notes. <laughs> but what was uh, your sense? The sense was it, it wasn't comparing comparing to somebody else. It was about defending Exactly. Herbert. It was pretty much Herbert's the best. Yes. And I've been right all along, and I finally got redeemed. It was yes. it was top, absolutely top about Emmanuel Acho saying Who definitively. Emmanuel Acho that gets all this attention because he said something. I guess it shows you. You just say stupid things, and you get attention. Well, that's I, how you get a TV show. I guess. I don't know. Speak for yourself. So AJ should have a show coming up. <laughs> Good job, Mackenzie. Because I tell you, this love. The funny thing is, he's saying my hate is what's embarrassing, which is object objectivity. The guy hasn't won a playoff game. Who in their third year has ever been crowned as much as Herbert that never Who won a crowns play- him? Oh, that never won a playoff. Yeah, okay, I was gonna say Joe Burrow, but has never won a playoff. No, game Andrew yet. Luck. Andrew oh, Luck he did win a playoff. He, yeah, he got him to the playoffs his first year, yeah. as when bad as he was. Game, right? Yeah, as bad as he was. Yeah. But but somehow Herbert got excuses the whole time. Anthony Lynn. Then it's he's got a the new young coach. Oh, 24 downs. I don't know. Let's hope he does well. But I thought you were against, are you now are you against Staley or for him? I'm against Staley. Okay, but you just we're talking about how good the defense is. The defense has been playing really well. So shouldn't that be pro Staley? I mean, it's good, but it's three three games that they've played well. It's not the full season. All right. Fez, what do you think of Herbert? Second love- best in the world. I, I think Herbert will now, be the second best quarterback. Now, what makes you better than Josh Allen? Yes, better than Josh Allen. Ooh, that's a statement. What do you like about? It? Are you are, do you like? Are you watching the coaching tape or like what are you doing? I, I am watching the the eye test and uh-huh. I'm seeing a dude that's consistently not getting blocked for and literally can change his arm angle to get it around the defenders that are about to take his head off and he's not getting protected at all and he's just performing tremendously under pressure. Okay, and. Shouldn't that lead to playoff success? Not if you're con- continuously getting buried by the. But weren't the, the Chargers? One, they spent about as much money as anyone. He's this better year. this year than he's been. They, he's really made leaps and bounds. And like, they spent the massive year. money, right? So why wouldn't the team be better? Because like, is the, he dragging them down? Their defense sucks. Their defense has had three really good games, but they were horrible the first half of the year. The defense dragged them down the first half of the year. Not the and and they're, and and with, without being able to protect them and no playmakers, there's no chance. But they have two twenty million dollars. Now they got the fucking playmakers with Eckler and the two wide receivers, and now they're good. Boy, 
I would love to be in a situation where I had to have everything exactly right to perform. <laughs> because I, it's like, how often does a guy have his top two receivers, his running back, and a healthy it's, offensive it's line? It's true. In New England's like got nothing. I mean, I'm serious. Nothing. How often do you, are you in that state as a team? All right, that's fair. And and he gets to play in perfect weather. But that there's helps. something about him that gets people that want to support him. He's a good looking like man. A, I don't even know about that, but he's like a he's like a, a a robot. He went through Oregon with hardly like the team hardly did anything. They and were it, a national title contender. What, it's what does because that it's mean? Just, they're like it's ten and two. If you look up two's not a contender. Right. It's because if you look up quarterback in the dictionary, you'll see a picture. He's of a Justin prototype. Herbert. I mean, yes. Peyton Manning didn't win his first playoff game until his sixth year in the league. Oh, that's interesting. Is Peyton Manning a bum? Why didn't Why didn't he win in his first six years? Well, first of all, it must that, stink. It was the defense. Whatever, make excuses. Peyton Manning ends up being the best quarterback, one of the five best quarterbacks in the history of time. So, like for, it, it can happen. I'm sorry. Is there any chance I can interject? Sure. I mean, I, I kept trying to jump in. He kept talking and talking. Is that true? That is true. That surprises me. Yeah. So let's take a look at that. You want a bar bet on that? Yeah, first, you, first year, you ni- first year, nineteen ninety-eight, went three and thirteen. Okay, second year, ninety-nine, zero and one in the playoffs. Right, so he made the two. playoffs in his second year. Two thousand, Herbert. Two thousand, zero and one in the playoffs. So he made the playoffs again. Two thousand one, missed the playoffs. Okay. Two thousand two, zero and one in the playoffs. So he made the playoffs again. Two thousand three, first playoff win. Hmm. I mean, not. You look at those individual. It's funny. It kind of followed him his whole career. Right, always a little less in the playoffs. Right, and I guess that's why Brady's considered the goat, even though you know by all accounts in the regular season he was better. Peyton Manning was better. That's not, in a weird way, that feels like what Herbert's headed to, but just three levels blower. I mean, no one thinks he's Peyton Manning. So if he ends up being like a, it sounds like it's an Andrew Luck situation. Yeah, I agree with that. Like it's going to be a lot of talk, a lot of love for him. I mean, it very well could be. And the thing about Andrew Luck was Andrew Luck did a lot of things that you're like, oh my god. If he ever puts it together, he's got all these tools. I never that said that. Well, I did. And, I know. Everyone did. And, and I thought, when's he going to do it? When you watch Justin Herbert throw the football and you watch him take off in the pocket and, and make plays with his feet, it's like, oh, my, this guy can do everything. Except it's got to come together. Except when. <laughs> and, he, and he hasn't yet. But, again, if you if you'd said this after year three of Peyton Manning, you would have counted him out, and Peyton Manning ended up doing okay. No, I agree. And... I know that his rookie – I mean, that's always the rookie year people go to, right, saying all those interceptions. I'm not sure uh, how much the league was di- – I know the league was much different and quarterback play was harder. So, But, I, you know, something – I bet Herbert's going to be pretty damn good. It does seem weird that no one wants to – all right, Steve Young said of Herbert – is the only guy where the ball gets faster in the air. Incredible spin on the ball. Well, there is you that go. Possible? I'm telling you, when you watch it, it's like, oh my God, how's he do this? He makes Patrick Mahomes look like a sissy arm. No, well, first off, okay. Mahomes has a better arm. No, he does not. By all, I well, you're in the minority now. Oh, I'm, that's fine. I've, I, I I'm watching you. them both play every week, and I'm telling you, I know you think the, you're a scout, but the consensus opinion is that, that Mahomes has the best okay. arm. I mean, that's not even debatable, meaning that's the opinion. Okay. I think P.J. Walker does. No, but, Fez, I mean, you try to follow this stuff. What do you think the consensus opinion? Herbert is probably the second most beloved, but, I mean, Mahomes is the I th- guy. I think they're both beloved. Yeah. As far well, as that's, they, they, they first can make, and second they can will make both all, be. They, they can make all the throws. Yes. They, what's funny is I was hearing today, Zach Wilson, they said the reason he got picked and how he was the consensus, too. There was no debate, really. Like it, I mean, like remember, Sam Fran made that trade well before the draft, and it, the given was, okay, 
Wilson's going too. Who's next? Mm-hmm. It's insane. And they say combine. They say it's no, be- a pro day. They say pro it's because day. of Mahomes because he had like a lot of that arm oh. talent. It looked like Mahomes. It's like he's the next Mahomes. That's what people are talking about with Will Levis from Kentucky. Is that he throws? He has so much velocity on his ball that. NFL scouts are drooling over him because of his arm talent. Not about what he does on the field, but when you watch this kid throw and they watch him like in you know in shorts and a t-shirt throwing. Will Levis is Mitch Trubisky 2.0. He's got he's got like he's not Herbs. His arm strength is like off the charts. Now, were you a huge Herbs fan coming in the draft? Yeah. Even though at Oregon he did nothing. Yeah. So it seems like a trend that he doesn't he, he impresses with his arm but doesn't win. Hmm. But is that is that a coincidence? Is the question? All I know is AJ threw the football to me once, and he almost took out my my rotator cuff. Again. You know who had a great arm too? Kyle Bowler, and he wound up doing nothing in the NFL. Jeff George had a hell of a <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but Kyle Bowler, remember he went out from one knee from the fifty yard line and threw it through the goalposts. Damn! If there was a play like that, <laughs> exactly. All right, we got anything else? That is it. That is it. Oh, God, I hope Herbert loses. <laughs> Jesus, God, enough already. You know, the, the funny thing is I'm positioned against the great talents here, Trevor Lawrence and, and Herbs. You put yourself there. I know because I, I have to be the voice of sanity, and I'm almost always right about this stuff. Thanks, RJ. Right? Thank you. You're welcome. Because let's be candid. I was right about Andrew Luck. I've been right about Trevor Lawrence. And again, Trevor Lawrence could get very good. I'm still going to be right. He isn't a savior. He might be an eight, the eighth best quarterback. He might be Matt Ryan in his prime. That's great. But it's not the savior. A lot better than Trey Lance. Yeah, for sure. And they, But let's look at our, our the top quarterbacks. Dak Prescott was the fourth round. Is Trevor Lawrence clearly better than Dak Prescott? Not even close right now, right? Not even close. In our composite, ninth, Trevor Lawrence, twelfth. And, I mean, and this composite's doing him some good. That, now, listen, if Trevor Lawrence keeps growing, year two and three is a big year. And, but, and yeah. you, if, if you had to pick one right now, like, for you take them going forward, you're taking Trevor Lawrence over what? Dak, right? If, well, we say, if we say, that, yeah, if we say how many years does Dak have before he starts dropping off? So if we say the years are 35. And he's already got, key, say there's seven he's years. got key injuries. Well, you got to worry about his injury. Is he injury prone? One more injury and you're going to say he's massively injury prone. I don't know about that. If, if you said the next seven years. I'd probably take Dak, but it gets close. I think it's close. I, I've I been impressed. Close. I've been impressed by him this year. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I'm saying, uh, especially because the first half of the year wasn't very good. So it was like he he was getting to the point where it's bust time. Because if you're not look, Wilson's out. Pretty much going to be what a bat, he's going to be like um, Josh or uh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. He's yeah. going to be like Rosen. They go have a couple more stops, and chances are, I mean, that Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to do that. You can't but, be a backup quarterback when your team doesn't like like you. You got to be a good clipboard. Well, no guy. one Rosen people don't like either. Exactly. I mean, so I guess my point is, the second year this is what PFF studies show. If you're not decent by the end of your second year, it's hard to ever be good. And Josh Allen was at the fringe of that, and and his jump was a shocker. Right, but Trevor Lawrence has exceeded Josh Allen in year two in a way that it, he just has to continue getting better. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this: I like the quarterbacks that don't go number one or two because it feels like it's all been handed to them. And usually, those guys, unless they're John Elway, like truly, like super duper, they usually don't do as well as the guys that go tenth, like Mahomes. Like there's something that's a chip on the shoulder about that I like. No, no, but I'm you don't a, have I'm this a, against Joe Burrow. I, I. I 
he ne- he always felt like the underdog, even though he was you know he was the number one I, pick. I, I got to disagree with you here because, oh, okay. because it's survivor bias. So obviously we remember Mahomes won ten, but Josh Rosen also won ten. It's just, yeah. it's just so, so there's just there's no, so I'm many. I'm not saying it's better to have so a many more pick. of these guys. That, that, that if you give me six number ten guys, the best of them is probably going to be better than a number one guy. I think you're mistaken what I'm saying. Okay. I agree with you, but what I'm saying is this. Let's say that there's three number tens for every number one, yeah. and only one of the tens is as good as the typical one. I, yes. But the reality is the ten is a ten, so he goes through his career as not the number one pick, who's an underdog, and I think that serves him throughout his career better. Keeps him humble, keeps it, him hungry. Keeps him wor- I mean, Brady still talks one ninety nine. Every time he plays one of the top nine teams that passed on him, he's like that motherfucker. And the, the guy that's number one, usually, especially if he was number one coming out of high school, it's like, when has he been the underdog? Yeah. When has yeah. he faced adversity? Michael Jordan, there's no coincidence. Don't need to study the playbook. Sam Bowie Don't went, need to watch yeah. the games on Sunday. I'm already well, number one. I did that without it. It's, yes. the, it's the Aaron Rodgers phenomenon. It's not that he doesn't try. He's just got other things in his life. Mm. And to me, I want my quarterback to have nothing else in his life. Nothing else. Yeah. And then he can retire and have something else. Now, Big Ben had other shit in his life. Don't want my quarterback to be like like making rap albums. Exactly. Don't want him hosting Jeopardy. Don't want him to be like learning, competing in a spelling bee. Don't let's want just him starting play. his own you know nutrition vitamin let's brand. Play. I don't know if Justin Herbert knows how to read. He's, <laughs> He's good at throwing football. Play football, yes. And you would think that that Herbs would be an underdog, but there's something about him that makes him not the underdog. I mean. You got to listen to the Ringer pods. This this Louise dude is like it's like he he said he had food poisoning a couple weeks ago, but everything was okay because Herbert had a good game. <laughs> I mean, like he's like I'm okay though because Herbs did a good. I mean, it's like what is going on? This guy's not giving you a percentage of his salary, is he? You don't see Herbert in a lot of national televisions television commercials. Because he's got yeah. a nose like a, a an acne forehead. That's, no, that's, no, that's Trevor. Oh, is it? I don't. Yeah. I don't I, <laughs> they look the same. No, Herbert's but, got the acne forehead. You know. Uh, yeah. I, then at least he had that problem. But I'm just saying we don't. We, you don't see him on like national. He commercials. seems like he's a robot. He's kind yeah. of busy this time. No, let, let's be. Uh, they, they do do the commercials. Baker you know, Mayfield has more commercials. Here's the thing. Oh, he does. If someone is, you ever hear the term bloodless? No. Like that performer is bloodless. It's like there's no passion. There's mm-hmm. no, like, you think his heart's pumping. Herbert looks like a robot. He throws like a robot. That might just be a stage double that they have doing the commercials, in fact, yes. Because I don't think he actually speaks in any of them. Yeah, because he's a robot. And a, a robo quarterback doesn't interest me. I want a guy that's a human being. So, you know. But human beings have other interests outside of football. <sighs> not, if they, not if they have to struggle to get to the NFL. They usually don't. The ones that get to the NFL that aren't robots are the ones that live in, and bleed it. I mean, let's think of the, the quarter. Like, why do people? Like, we'll wrap this up. Why do people like? Um, I'm, I'm talking of the Washington quarterback now. Carson Wentz. No, they no they hate Tyler, Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Why do they like Heineke? Because he looks like an underdog. He's an underdog story for sure. Why doesn't that? Why wouldn't that apply all the way up? Why do we want a guy that's been handed everything? We don't like prima donnas. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Maybe it's me. I mean, let's be honest. You could make the case the guy with the most success here, but I'm the underdog guy. Everybody likes Everyone Kirk. else wants to be at the top of the heap. Everybody I want to li- fight down here with the underdogs, baby. Everybody likes Kurt Warner because he was bagging groceries. And, and justifiably so, yeah. right? And think of I mean, Ro- Herbert, like Herbert's a guy who broke his leg in high school. He had. How do you know this? Because I know this. He had. <laughs> he had two FBS offers. 
He had offers from Northern Arizona, Portland State, Montana State. The only FBS offers he had were Nevada and Oregon. And he turned that into being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, that's an underdog to me. I'm confused because he had a great freshman year, right? Uh, No. He didn't really start. No, I think he did. Take a look. Because this whole story was he didn't get better from his freshman year to his senior year. He he only played eight games in his first two years. Hmm. Uh, Did he get redshirted? No. So he played eight games. And how many the first year, though? Two, uh, eight games the first year, eight games the second year, oh, okay. 13 and, and 14 in his senior year. His two last years. Okay. And, yeah. how, and how good was his numbers his freshman year? Uh, he didn't start the first three games four. or something. 19, 19 touchdowns, touchdowns, four picks, two and six record, 73.9 QBR. And then what was his QBR senior year? Uh, 74.1. Yeah. Case in point. 32, I mean, 32 touchdowns, touchdowns six. five picks. Yeah. So he had the same QBR by a point. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is maybe maybe you're right to some degree that, that if he wasn't well recruited, it doesn't – it just – is it me or could you – you watched him at Oregon, right? Yeah. Did you ever get a sense he, he, he had blood pumping in his veins? Or I, did, did it seem like he took everything in stride? I, ne- I never got the sense that he was like – he wanted to be a personality. Like he does he, – he's a, a to-himself kind of guy. You think Heineke <laughs> wants to be a personality? Or no. He's trying his best out there. No, I think, t- I think Heineke is – but Heineke is, has these physical limitations that make him an underdog. When you're 6'6 and you can throw the ball to the moon, no one says, oh, yeah, this, this That's guy – That's the point. Why root for that guy? Well, I mean, why not? Because you're not like him. I'm not like him. We're the underdog. Do you ever see Tin Cup? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, that's I'm rooting for Tin Cup. You're rooting for Craig Statler. A little bit of wind. I, that's there? what I'm saying. They, that story is rocky. It's almost like you're saying, why not root for Apollo Creed? I you, mean, you're starting to get it now, actually. Dude, I mean, what? I root for Apollo Creed, AJ. Uh-huh. All right. Can Rocky go three? Because Vegas says no. That's who I'm rooting for. Who you want to side of, Scott? Let's be honest. You're an underdog. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Right. I root for those guys. Yeah. yeah. What is that jacket you're wearing? You know what's funny though. <laughs> I, I, what is it? It's, it's pregame.com. All right. So here's my question. Here's my question, AJ. In a way, your son, who's like borderline, you know, Division One baseball player, as a, he just finished. What? Well, let me think about this. He's in his sophomore year, right? He's a sophomore now. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, he's suspended. Well, that's fine. Well, all right, just put that out there. Every the kid, okay, I, fine. Every kid gets a little trouble. I mean, listen, if he doesn't, if he's not a little rascally. You, you don't want him. You want him to have, you know, it wasn't anything major. But let's be candid. You got him with like a private coach. You got you almost are trying to create a Herbert. No, I. It's just, it's everybody who plays high level baseball at his age has to have private coaching because otherwise how are you going to get better no i'm not listen i think it's wonderful i go back where i came from and i look around and i say pe- people want to be golfers and say i go you getting lessons now it's like, like there were people who were like what, what oh don't put your son in select ball because it's it just it sucks all the love out for him but it if you don't put your kid in select ball Someone's dad is coaching them, and someone's dad doesn't know shit about baseball. I agree with you. And isn't going to make them better. So it's better to be in that fully competitive, you've got to be on every game, and that's the only way to get the best coaching. It's just, that's how it has to work now. And and to me, that's the paradox of the modern age, which is to be the best, you've got to be almost like a robot most of the time. Because let's be honest, most of those guys are better. You might, I don't like them, but they are better. 
but the fans don't care. The fans don't get as engaged. And let's be honest, the Chargers don't have any fans. <laughs> Zero. Why would that be with such an amazing quarterback that everyone should be rallying behind? Because the Chargers are in San Diego. And they've got. What, what, and they, and where, they got where's all the San Diego the, people going crazy for them? They all hate them. They all hate the fact that they, the, the, the team put a bunch of moving vans and moved to, to, to the hated Los Angeles. San Diego doesn't like Los Angeles. So don't you think it's weird that there's, or don't you think it tells a story? And it's not an indictment of Herbert, but he lacks something that he can't even get fans. He only gets these film walks that are whacking off to him. I mean, like it's masturbatory how much if they're he, so into if him. If he played for Minnesota, he'd be a god. They'd love him. Would they? Yeah. You think so? I think so. Maybe. I All I know so. is a real— Loyal people in Minnesota, they like their football. All I know is is that he hasn't been able to engender his team to win, and he hasn't been able to engender the fans to like him. Something's there are missed. no fans. He's outside. He's not even in the top ten of— uh... Most endorsements, like I like him, players. I do, and, and not marketable. Something that makes me the underdog. That's a good point. He's not nationally marketable. <laughs> he's not yeah. marketable, yeah. but for football, he is marketable nationally. He's a good thing. It means yeah. that, that, that people connect with him emotionally. Baker Mayfield. But I'd rather have unmarketable Justin Herbert than super marketable Baker Mayfield. But wouldn't it be nicer to have a guy who was good and actually had blood pumping in his veins? I'm good without it. I obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been the end. Uh, so straight out of Vegas every day, normal schedule? Straight out of Vegas, AM. Awesome. And uh, Fez, we're back on Monday with the recap? Yes, we well, are. Well, we tape Monday, it's out Tuesday. Yes. All right, and college football, the bowls are going on. You guys taped yesterday, yeah, right? Yeah, we taped yesterday, but we're going to tape another episode Ooh. on Friday because there's so many the bowl games happening right now. So we taped Tuesday through Friday. And then all the big games, all the New Year's Six, all the playoff games, we're going to tape Friday. It'll be up for you uh, to That I like. I like the effort there. That's that's a blood, not a bloodless effort. There's blood pumping there, baby. And I'm 11-4 and four betting bowl season so far, so jump on board. I tell you, this guy, he was one He was one percenter, last man standing. Mm-hmm. Did I hear right? Ken White won that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny White? Yeah, Kenny him White? and a partner did. That, yeah. Oh, the part, partner was a school teacher? I wonder whose name it was under, though. I don't know. I well, well the, guy who, the guy who like claimed it was a school teacher, so I don't— I, Well, I, him and Kenny were okay. partners, apparently. Well, I don't know, you, Kenny. I'm just, I'm just saying there's some people out there that have, like, 12 different well, partners. why not? <laughs> why not? Keep doing it, man. Yeah. Hey, if, $25 if it's an entry. I'll if it's against it the book, why not? <laughs> right. Next year, you want to pitch in $12.50? You be my partner? All right. All right, boys. Talk to you next week. Let's be careful. Oh, wait, wait. We got to do this. I forgot. (laughs) Fez, now, last time it was low key. People didn't like it. Go ahead. Hey. Remember, it's New Year's, too. Oh, it's New Year's. Mm -hmm. Have fun, but let's be careful out there. But don't do it bloodlessly. 